In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. It's the draft review show tonight. That's right. We've got real players and news to talk about. We are done with the NFL draft of 2020. It's in the books, and the Carolina Panthers have selected seven defensive players. We'll be breaking it all down tonight on the show, as well as a lot of insight into the team's direction from an interview with Matt Rule on WFNZ today. We've got all that for you on the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest-running Panthers podcast on the internet. Go ahead and smash the thumbs-up button, subscribe, tell a friend about it, call into the show. The Cat Calls line is 252-228-5098. You can chop it up with my homeboy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn. As always, it's another Tuesday night, and there's nothing I'd rather do than talk Panthers football especially after the Panthers just had what I would deem an incredible defensive draft class, man. I love so many of these picks. I was high on a lot of these players. Um, I actually had first-round grades on our first three draft picks. So even through the first round, I had first-round grades. Or through the third round, I had first-round grades on them. We're going to talk about all of that and break down the finer points of all of these players. And, of course... The chat room is lit as always. Josh, J Dub, Debrelli, Anthony Rochelle, Ten Tizzy, Underground West, Joey Esquivel, Lee Charter, Andy Smith, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK in the house. You can find him at Codizzle underscore Allen. What's up, CK? You know, just uh out here hanging out, just uh working on some of these uh videos, gonna try to multitask a little bit, but uh super excited to learn a little bit about these uh, draftees that we have and i'm sure cody's brought the heat tonight wonderful we got the bat daddy greg in the house how you doing my friend i'm doing fantastic man long day of yard work tuesday night time to relax and talk some panthers football very very upset round one with our draft night of since then things have changed i'm so excited to talk about our draft uh let's do it man all right, go ahead and call into the show, 252-228-5098. We love hanging out and talking Panthers football with you guys. There's nothing really more important to talk about than the additions. Actually, the realest thing that we can talk about in a long time when it comes to football, the NFL draft occurred. We were here live for the Thursday, the 7th, I believe, NFL C3 draft party. Uh, we broke it down the entire first round of the draft then I was on podcast all throughout the weekend. The The news is here. I would, before we get into the questions about the players and things like that, the NFL draft in the virtual setting was far better than expected. Cody, we kind of rooted for it to be a shit show. It turned out to be the opposite. Yeah. Almost better than normal. Yeah, people preferred it. Because yeah. it, it had a more intimate feel to it. You got to see the general managers, the coaches, and the players all at home in their own environment. Um, it was just, uh, you know, it, it was a, 
a different kind of feel. And I'm even uh, interested to see what they do going forward, even if we do re- uh, hopefully return to normal. Um, you know, there might be some changes made to the draft that um, might be permanent because of this. You know, yeah. well, uh, a lot of people really enjoyed it. I expect a lot of players to want to watch the draft from their own home. Like, you sent me the camera. You set the shit up. I'm not coming yeah. to you guys. I'm not going to sacrifice myself and all of that to potential ridicule. Like, I'm going to hang here with my homies and get drafted eighth overall and be excited at my house. I could see a lot of players wanting to do that. Guys, they, uh, they even had the fans boo Roger Goodell through the uh, – J- uh, what, Michael Strahan was part of it? That was pretty fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, what I think is funny about this this draft change they've made is it was interesting, and it was definitely different, and I, I do kind of like it better too, but I wonder – Whenever you're a draftee or you're a person who's going to get drafted, do they send you like 32 hats? That I, that's a great question. That is a fantastic <laughs> question. Is how yeah. do they pull the hat out? They have to. Right. They have to at least send you like 16. Yeah. Right. Like like you're going to be in this. We know you're going to be in this top 10. So we'll send you the first 10 teams. That's six. yeah. But, but everybody puts hat? on a hat. They must yeah, send a, all of them 32 hats. They have to. Yeah. Right. There's yeah, no way I, to go around otherwise. I do think that they have to, and their agents end up playing a part in that too, because uh, their agents, you know, obviously know better than anyone the teams that are looking to draft them. But yeah, they do send all all 32. And this year they all had a packet, man. Like they had a poster that was made for them by the NFL um, of them that you were able to see was hanging above their head. Most of them, um, obviously the iPhone and everything they sent, but. Yeah, you never know what team is going to trade up or trade back for you. You just, you just don't did know. Did they so. really send an iPhone? Yeah. Was it yeah, iPhone? Is that like not a breach of their Surface contract? Mm. What do you mean? I think they have to send it back. The Microsoft Obviously. Surface is like the oh, I guess affiliate of the NFL. <laughs> like, yeah, why aren't those they are all two different? I'm I'm sure the the broadcast contract is different than what. Like that's broadcasting live right. games, I, I imagine. I mean, and then again, we might see them starting to carry iPads this year. You know, there might be a contract. Up, you, know, you don't know how long those Ooh. go out. Yeah, if there is a season. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into the draft picks themselves. You know, my, uh, Thursday night, we were all excited. Really, the draft was very boring to me. Mm. It was a boring draft, particularly like the, the last- first 10 picks. The first 10 picks were just scripted. Party was fun, though. It was. <laughs> Cody, tell us about the first segment of the draft leading up to where the Panthers were going to select, right? Because you get Burrow, then you get Young. The draft starts at number three. What happens? Uh, yeah, number three, uh, Jeffrey Okuda goes off the board. And really, that had a lot to do with what ended up happening with us. Because I, uh, from what I heard, it was Okuda or Brown at the top of their board. And if they didn't get one, they were going to take the other. Right. And Matt Rule has even said that he was surprised that uh, – and uh, Marty Herney, rather, uh, said that Derek Brown uh, – he was surprised that Derek was even there. So uh, Yeah, but that's know, like I'm, the only team that was going to take them. You know, like, I mean, how, why never, can they act that how, surprised? You know, like, seriously, is Miami going to take them? 
Uh, Are the Chargers going to take him? Who did he think was going to take Brown so much? Well, you know Dave Gettleman loves the hog model. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yep. Up in New York and the Giants. and I mean, man, you never know, man. You know, uh, just craziness ensues, and you never know what's going to happen. So, um, but they got their guy. And listen, we may not have been very happy with it on draft night. At least I wasn't. I know Greg wasn't. Um, I was. But... no, you were. You were. And and it's not and it's not like I didn't like the pick. I just thought that it was too rich for number seven. But especially in light when of, Simmons is on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. and here goes a pick later to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um but in light of what our defensive line looks like now, dude, Derek Brown is the perfect player for us. I agree. I mean, he is everything that we have ever wanted in a run stuffing nose tackle that's gonna eat up uh double teams and triple teams. Like uh, like his lunch. I mean, that's what you would draft him to do. Uh, K1 Short and Brian Burns are going to love that addition because you're going to have to respect him. Uh, he has man strength. Derek Brown will just absolutely throw you around. There's a clip of him pile driving a player into the ground, which is going to be a hefty fine in the NFL uh, if that happens. But uh, the dude is a monster. He's an absolute monster, and everything else isn't going to be able to flow around him because of him, just because of his presence. So, so it's a, a perfect pick. Akuda goes at three. The Giants get in there and they pick the Georgia left tackle. What's his name again? Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas. What I like about this pick is that he picked what the draft what the scouts said about tackles before the combine. That's what they did is that, and you know, there was an interesting interview with um, Brandon Bean on first take earlier in the week. Maybe it was before the draft. And he said, our scouting is really done before the combine. And the idea is, is we want the combine to verify what we saw, not to, change what we saw so the giants draft that tackle that was ranked number one before then it continues to fall as normal dolphins jump on Tua. then who was number six justin herbert to the chargers and then we're seven and Derek brown becomes the pick now the immediate reaction that night was is that how do we not pick Isaiah Simmons? Isaiah Simmons, multiple, multiple. But I'm when I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm starting to think this is that if you're going to build a defense, if you're building a defense, it's kind of starts in and from the middle in out. You know, we used to yeah. talk about this. This is the old. This is what the Panthers went through a long time ago when they drafted Star and KK together. Right is like you have to build. If you're weak up the middle, doesn't matter what else is out there. So while I understand that Simmons is this like stallion, this thoroughbred that everybody wants, it's just so amazing. Is that there is a horse right over there that's going to get a lot more done to build around. Actually, makes you more flexible in other places. And I just think this is that having Simmons there 
would have been a like it's not saying he wouldn't have been a great addition to the team but in the team building process brown might be the guy that you can build a more balanced defense around yeah well you know uh, I, i'm looking at last year's record and I'm looking at it. There's four games where we scored less than 16 points. I think the the NFL says that if you score 16 or more points, you win the game like 85 percent of the time, something like that, which is a crazy stat because I don't believe that. Well, yeah, everybody I, scores yeah, it's more crazy. than 16 but, points. But I'm looking at this, and we have we lost last year one, two, three, four, five, six games by less than a touch by a touchdown or less. So I'm wondering with a new quarterback that's better than Kyle Allen, a, ramp, a vamped up offense, and a defense that's better than it was last year, you turn four of those six games around, we're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So I, it uh, makes me wonder. I'd with, say with hold your horses now, there a little, buddy. Hold your huh? horses a little bit. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I think he's 100% right. Yeah. If you look at the past if you look at the past three seasons, how, that, that's been the case. There have been a few games that have been, you know, three points or, or, or a touchdown, and a lot just doesn't swing our way. And if it did swing the other way, you know, we would have been uh, a playoff football team, even in Cam's final season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I get that notion. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, with what we've got right now on offense and defense, are we tanking next year? Because – you know, I know optimistically we did an over-under for our win-loss next year, and I said three, but this draft changes that uh, entirely. Uh, I think there's a possibility we could win nine, ten games if oh things go right goodness. for us. Y'all you know? are crazy. you no, crazy, dude, I'm man. telling you. The de- the, dude, the, the, no, no, no. You cannot defense. make the transition from last This team is 100% different now. We're a different Look, team than last year. The Kansas City Chiefs were the highest scoring team last year in football, and they averaged eight more points a game than us, I think, which is not that much more. You take six or seven of those away from defense. We drafted seven defensive players. That's what I'm saying. It's different. We're a 100% different team. Let's go back real quick. I'll get back to that. Uh, Brown said, this is Gus Malzahn on Derek Brown on the Panthers selection. This is before the draft. I truly believe he's one of the best all-around football players I've seen. He's one of the best to come through Auburn since I've been here. He had a dominant season. Not a good season, a dominant season. We played an unbelievable schedule, and every time we played uh, a big game, he played his best ball. So I think that sometimes, Cody, I would argue, listening to that quote and the way that you gushed over um, – Joe Burrow talking about the magical season he had, right? The, you know, and how that means so much is Derek Brown kind of had that defensive season on the other, uh, on a different team, obviously, but to the, uh, the caliber competition, all those things that you always have pointed out about the SEC and this and that. Is Derek Brown is is a man amongst boys ready to go into the NFL, and I think that we were maybe a little starstruck with the the pretty girl that was Isaiah Simmons, but the girl that is pretty and with personality, Derek Brown. If you if we're judging in a vacuum and we're only basing it on a first-round pick and nothing else, I would still prefer Isaiah Simmons for a few different reasons. 
when you add Derek Brown into the rest of our draft and, and you add the rest of the context, he is a better pick and in retrospect. Because so okay, and you and I talked about this a little bit before the show. Derek Brown has never had more than four sacks in a season. Four and a, I thought not, he had four and a half one year, two years okay, ago. Okay, whatever. It's more. more. It's yeah. more. It's not a big sack position. <laughs> the the whole point is you draft a player like him so that everyone around him will be able to play faster. Mm-hmm. And Luke and Luke Kixley has been the biggest proponent of this. Whenever you know uh, people would talk about how great Luke was, he would always defer that credit to K1 Short and Star the Tulele every single time. And now he has a defensive tackle prospect who is far better than Star the Tulele at doing just that. I mean, uh, if you look at LSU, far LSU better, did, far better. Mm, if you look at yeah. LSU, wow. L- LSU, all of LSU's offensive linemen were drafted. Every single one of that offensive line this year, uh, not even undrafted free agents, they, they were drafted. They won the best offensive line award in all college football. And they had to put three people on Derrick Brown, and he was still just bulldozing the pocket. I mean, Derrick Brown is a physical force. And when you have a player like that, uh, opposing offenses are going to have to dedicate uh, a center and a guard just to stopping him. Now you have K1 Short with a one-on-one matchup. Now you have Brian Burns with a one-on-one matchup potentially. Now you have our second round pick. Let's move on. Do- Perfect segue. We're yep. going to debate how to say this name forever. Yatur Grossmados, who I had ranked higher than Clavon Chason, who went uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round. Uh, Yatur Grossmados is six foot five, 266 pounds, long arms. So he has that ability to stack and shed and, uh, and, and be able to throw guys around. But his bendability is incredible. This guy can bend the edge with the best of them, get to the back foot of the offensive tackle, and and wreak havoc on the quarterback. I mean, it, it's I mean he compares uh, very similar to Chandler Jones when Chandler Jones mm-hmm. came out of Syracuse. You add that with Brian Burns on the other side, dude. The edges of our defensive line are nasty, boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, nasty right now. Now. They're young players, so you have to develop them. But I was so high on Gross Matos throughout this entire uh, film review process. I, I This is my favorite pick of our entire draft. All right. So, Gross Matos. so now that we've heard about him, could you tell me what your thoughts are about Gross Matos? Oh, wait, wait. Oh, is that who you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> we gotta him. find the video of him saying his name. So a lot I of people call him YGM. No. Um, the, the TV program, like when we were watching it on day two, that he said, and I was watching ESPN, and he said, "Gross Matos," right? Uh, I love the name automatically. The pick, we you know we double dip at defense. It's day two. You're like, you know what? I like this. And you know what I like about him is or when I looked at him and I looked at him playing in pads, 
I didn't think he weighed 265. I thought he weighed like 285. Did yeah. you have any of those uh, clips? Were you able to oh, grab them? Yep, oh, yep. Here, while you're talking here, is but still, is that he weighs, he's listed as 265. And yeah. I just don't believe, well, to me, he looks bigger than that. So what I, I feel like yeah. is that he kind of reminds me of trying to build our next Charles Johnson. Maybe. Um, and a power rusher, I don't wouldn't call him just a straight speed guy. I think they want to make him a power rusher that's fast. Yeah, but he's versatile. So Charles Johnson was maybe six foot two or three on a good day. Gross Matos or Gross Matos or whatever you want to call him is a tall drink of water. Okay, six foot five and he's long. So I, I thought I was surprised that he weighed in the two hundred and sixty pound range. Because, I mean, he's so tall. He has that lanky kind of body. I mean, very similar to Brian Burns. Really? I didn't think. Yeah, See, he, really looked, he looked thicker to me, dude. He is thicker than Brian Burns. Um, but he is a player that probably um, will put on more weight or that you would want him to. He might be um, uh, 270 or 275 when it's all said and done. Um, and, and I love that frame, though, man, because when he locks out, his arms, his arms are longer than everyone else's. Mm -hmm. So he'll be able to set a physical edge with these offensive tackles that also have long arms and be able to hold a very physical edge. I mean, he did everything that you wanted to do at Penn State. He was good against the run. Nine and a half sacks last season and eight the season before. I mean, the, the guy was productive in one of the better conferences in college football. I mean, the, the dude has so much potential that he hasn't even realized yet. But he can do a little bit of everything. He has a very decent bull rush. Um, he's powerful. But he does have that ability to bend the edge and curve around the corner like you want your defensive ends to be able to do. This is bar none my favorite pick in, in the draft. Um, all of them. Dude, I'm oh, trying I, to get I, I, this I, I, damn video to play. It's up it's, right now. I, I see it. It looks YouTube. all quacky. Oh, well, it was. Hold it on. was up for a second. I know because it's all. I can't see it when I put it up. And so it's just hidden until I press play. Yeah, but whatever you were doing, just do that. I know. It covers our faces and looks terrible. You know, guys, I was looking at the draft. and That's Derek Brown, isn't it? No, that's. Gross models. All right. On the right. Oh, 99. Yep. 99. Look. Oh. Yeah. Man, that guy didn't do anything. Though. Two hands in the ground. He looks like a Two big boy. No. Uh, so what you see there is he gets his hand on the offensive tackle and sheds him. He throws him to the left. You also see in the second clip, he lines up at three tech. And is able to throw the guard to his uh, left with the swipe maneuver and still affect the quarterback. He then lines up on the opposite edge, uses that length, and just pushes guys around and gets to the quarterback and puts him in the dirt. Uh, I mean, uh, this last clip, that's against Ohio State. And, and they always have incredible football players. They're the Alabama of the North. And his he knows how to use his leverage and his range to his advantage 
and, I like, and, and he's vicious. I like this comment in the chat room. Demetrius Miller says, you know it was a good draft when Billy Marshall liked the draft. Takes a lot to please him. He's unpleasable, <laughs> homie. He is unpleasable no matter what. Um, I would hate for him to dislike my team. Imagine if he disliked your team and he did commentary on it. He's so critical of the Panthers and he supposedly likes them. Right. By the way, if you, if you don't know who Billy Marshall is, he's a very uh, uh, infamous Twitter poster who follows the Panthers and does film and yeah, a lot thing. of it and a lot of cool stuff too. If I mean, but very um, opinionated in a lot of things. So if Gross Matos and Derek Brown pass his test, then we move on to round three, day two, mm-hmm. round three. With someone no one has ever heard of. Was not even a star recruit out of high school. This guy, Jeremy Chen, you Google him up. He to went, be fair, he was the second round. We traded up for him in the second round. Oh, it was. Uh, that's right. Okay, so we moved into the second to get him. No, I don't. Right? Yeah, no, we, we picked Gross Matos. We didn't have two second round picks, did we? No, we traded – so the fifth-round pe- draft yeah, pick that we got right. for Kyle Allen, we traded that uh, to the Seahawks to move up to that spot. So, yeah. essentially, we traded Kyle Allen for this pick. All right. right. I like that. No but matter it, who it is, bad. it doesn't matter. It could be a water boy. We would be okay with whoever it is. Jeremy Chen, nobody's ever heard of him until all the draft nerds like Cody Lashney celebrate this man that no one knows. Jeremy Chen, who the hell is this fella? Uh, Jeremy Chen, be still my beating heart. So I, I did send you a clip. I don't know if I don't know if you were able to grab it. I'm working it, but, on it. Um, this is the pick that makes me love Derek Brown even more. Right. Because essentially what we drafted was Isaiah Simmons like. Um and uh just for um just for reference here, I'm gonna pull up um uh my big board real quick. I had Jeremy Chen as the 26th rated player in this entire draft. Now, whether or not you care about my own personal assessment, that's that's up to you. But um, well, obviously we three, do because we're asking you about it. Six foot three, <laughs> 221 pounds. The dude can fly. Uh, he ran a four five five at the combine, and he's position versatile. So you're going to be able to play him at safety. You're going to be able to play him at nickel corner. Um, he's going to replace Eric Reed as that strong, tackling, almost like a hybrid linebacker, box safety of sorts. And, man, uh, th- they sent him um, on so many different blitzes and, and blitz packages. Uh, I mean, when you account for what our defensive line is going to look like, Man, be prepared to see more of that safety blitz because mm-hmm. they're going to send Jeremy Chen like a missile up the middle, and he is coming to kill you. Okay. Jeremy Chen is, is an A-plus athlete, and that's something that all of our draftees have in common. They're very high-end athletic profile kind of guys, and, and Jeremy Chen has even played a little bit of corner before. So this is Matt Rule. And that positionless player um, philosophy kind of coming into play. And I, I feel as though 
um, we would use Jeremy very similar to how we would use Isaiah Simmons had we drafted him. But when you add him on top of Cross Matos, on top of Derek Brown, I mean, man, this is an A-plus athletic specimen playing in your backfield mm-hmm. and, and who got overlooked in the um, scouting process in high school, went to a small school, um, and, and then... Well, he also went to, I think, like his parents' alma mater, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think some of the, his decisions also were personal about why he chose where to go and some different things or, you know, stay close to home. It's an yes. interesting story, though, because, you know, it's just like these guys that actually we've been scared of players like this in the past, particularly when you yeah. talk about linemen and things. But this guy is a big, mean – I one the Panthers website describes him as a violent player. Oh, he's uh, a hit-seeking missile. So one of I the mean, things I like about him, even maybe a little bit more than Isaiah Simmons – is that while Isaiah Simmons was that position, like what you loved about him was that his versatility, is that I think that with with Chin, the, he's more of a position-defined, role-defined for this team. I think he could be the strong safety. Like that's what we want him to be. There's some questions about if people want him to play corner a little. Some people have said that, yeah. you know what I mean? But he's a big physical guy that can get down in the box. You got Trey Boston that can go into coverage. Here's Matt Rule on this class to this point about some of the characteristics that Cody was talking about. Building a team that, you know, where guys can be, be great players for five, six, seven years. You know, you need to not only be a, you know, a good player and have good instincts. You know, all these guys are good players. They, they need to have great athleticism. They need to be explosive and dynamic. And so we want to build a big, fast, explosive team. And, um, uh, you know, you're right. Those are exactly the type of players that I want to. Those are the players he wants to coach. Chen is that guy, big, fast, explosive, big. Like he's got NFL size and speed. That's what he's got. Right. He does, man. Well, go ahead, Greg. I was gonna say, you know, my thing was, I know Cody, me and you were on draft night. We were all about Simmons, and he was there, and I was very upset the night that he got there, but or that we yeah. didn't take him. Uh, and I was upset with the, with Brown as the pick, but I think as the draft progressed. Brown was a better pick for what we got. And I'm sitting here looking at it because we got everything that I wanted Simmons to be there for covered well. Because I think when I was looking at it, uh, uh, Gross Matos, whatever his name is, um, he was the highest rated player on the board start of day two from what I saw. like He was the best player available, and we ended up getting him. We got a great defensive tackle. And we filled all those holes that we would have needed to get with Simmons. So it makes me wonder if we got Simmons instead of Brown, what our draft would have looked like. And I don't think it would have ended up being better than what we got, to be truly honest with you. Uh, you know, I got no problem admitting I was wrong. I think that Brown and the way we went after that ended up better than what we would have gotten with Simmons and a few offensive players that would have fizzled to nothing and, and that type of deal. I, I think we, I mean, I don't know. It's like I said, I, I hate looking back at it and saying I was wrong, but man, I was wrong. It worked out pretty well for what I see so far. I'm very Cur- excited for the draft. Curtis Izzard says Troy Palomalu type player by year three. Wow. All oh, right. Wow. Uh, that's, you know, look, we're all sky's the limit. I thought His that. Upside. Yeah, we're all like that, but I also thought Galton was going to be good. 
No, no, there's no comparison, man. I mean, and, and this is the, the one of the things that we do need to point out, and I mentioned it to you before the show. All of these guys, uh, you know, and we can debate Brown uh, if we want, but all of these guys, with the exception of the of the Baylor guy, all of these dudes are A-plus athletes. I mean, it, it is exactly what we have read and, and listened to in interviews when um, when Matt Rule says – he likes the athletic freaks because he wants to be able to just take a guy and mold them at the position and use their traits and put them in a position to be successful. And that's what this draft is. All of these guys are, um, are, are they're athletically gifted to the point where it's almost anti-Panthers. You know, when, when you brought up Golden, Golden had mediocre numbers he had mediocre production. I mean, everything about him was mediocre, and he's not, uh, you know, uh, he never had a, a great career at, at Tennessee either. So it's like I, I never understood that pick. These guys have so much upside. You haven't even begun to see what kind of, uh, of talent and potential they have. I mean, Troy Palomalu is not a bad pick, uh, pick. I mean, obviously that's a very high high praise comparison, but when you look at Jeremy Chin and what he's able to do and how fast he runs, um, how much of a consistent tackler he is, uh, I mean, all these players that, that we drafted, uh, they just have that extra that extra gear that a lot of other players just don't have. And, and it really is um, a new kind of thing for the Panthers, and I hope that we continue to do this. Before we move on uh, past the draft or beyond into the draft, I would like to remind everybody to smash the thumbs up button, be a part of the show by calling up, calling the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts on the NFL draft, Carolina Panthers, how was Rule calling the shots. It looks like Demetrius Miller is right, so it's safe to say Rule was calling the shots when you talk about the athleticism in that draft. But before we go on past the third round pick, let's circle back to YGM. You know, the first round of the NFL draft, I went on a radio spot. We did the NFL draft party live here. And since I'm emceeing it, I got the draft on mute. You know, I'm trying to bring people in. I'm trying to keep up with stuff. I'm drinking beers. I like all this stuff going on. So I don't get like some of the nuances of the draft. So a lot of people the day after talking about like, hey, did you see that person that looked like he was taking a dump? This and that. And um, so my friend brought up this on. I was on Pirate Radio 1250 with Clip Rock on the sports bar. And he said, man, these stories, dude. That we are having, like, the background stories for these people, man. Just intense. And he was talking about that on round on night one. And so I went on the radio before round two, and I sent him a text message, and I said, homie, I don't know if you can top YGM's story. They break out the background story for y- Yoder Gross Matos, and his dad died saving his life as a baby when they went like capsized off a boat they were on the lake and his uncle and his uh apparently he went overboard when he was around two years old his uncle and his father jumped in to save him 
and his father never came back up. Um, so, I, I mean, he, he has to know. I mean, it, it's weird to even say it, but like he died saving him. So you have to live with that on your consciousness. Um, then on top Damn, of that, this is just this is that, crazy. That, so, dude. This is so terrible. And I actually watched this uh, the the night before day one of the draft. I learned this. I was watching videos on YouTube, and I, I learned. So maybe it was a little bit of foreshadowing. But uh, he was playing baseball with his brother, and uh, these incredible storm clouds. They were like black. at a pee wee game. I heard. Yeah. These storm clouds started to roll in, so the coaches told all the players, you know, go go to your cars and just wait this out. Well, Yator's brother said, no, me and a friend of mine, we're going to go and play catch out in the outfield. And, you know, Yator, wanting to follow what your older brother does, goes out there and, and follows him. And they're out there, and everyone hears this loud flash. And basically what ended up happening, his brother got struck by the lightning. They said that you could smell it, uh, that you could see the, the, his clothes were torn and shredded, and his brother died instantly and right in front of him. Wow. Right in front of him. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I... I Damn. Dude. I mean, I like, what do you even mad? say about that's why I text my friend. He was like, well, what's the story? And I told it to him in a text and he just wrote me back. He's like, Jesus. Like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, man. every story was just heartbreak after heartbreak makes you want to cheer for YGM right off the bat, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, why we would cheer against him. I don't really know why it makes me want to cheer for him more. But what a terrible story. And and then um, uh, in the the video snippet that I saw, uh, he was playing at Penn State, and uh, that there was a a, a a thunderstorm warning in the middle of the game, and that prompted him to put it on, and he got like two sacks that. Oh game. dang, he played! And, and, I would have been yeah, running felt, for them. He felt like he felt like the presence of his brother and father were there. Wow. And it said it lit a fire under his ass. I mean, the dude is a hard worker. The dude broke his hand in a game, came back with a club with it wrapped up, and finished the game with two sacks. I mean, the All dude. All right, how about a- this? Tell me why he wasn't a higher prospect then. Um, but I mean, look. Why? Why okay. didn't we hear him and guys that were climbing? Why didn't we hear his name? Because I look when the first time you guys said his name, I'm not gonna lie, didn't know who he was. Uh, he's someone that I didn't I didn't talk about on the show, but I promise you, I was aware of him. He was my no. I'm not saying you're two. not aware. I'm asking yeah, yeah, this: yeah, is why didn't he? Why is it? Why that didn't he you hear wa- more about him? Yeah. Why did? Why wasn't he a first? Tell me what's missing from him that ma- that makes him not a first, me, right? It's all about need. No, like maybe he's a team got need if, if he's a dominant player. Yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 need, but it's also um, you had uh, Chase Young, and he was defensive end number one, and then everybody was talking about Clavon Chase on the defensive end from LSU 
being Edge number two. But Shazar never had the production, from my point of view, to justify him being that high mentioned or mentioned that that highly. Um, As soon as I saw Gross Matos and what he does, I'm like, who's that? Robert, are you gonna do this every time? <laughs> yes, every fucking time. Um, but dude, uh, when you look at the physical traits, the production—I mean, this was my defensive end number two, right behind Chase Young. The uh, chat mean, is uh, on fire here. Look, Lee Trotter said, "Heard Hardy almost traded back into the first for him." Tyler Duncan follows up. A lot of mocks had the Vikings taking him in the first round. Right. Uh, Curtis Izzard says he's not polished. That's why he was mocked in the first plenty of places. So, the you know, here's the deal is I would I would caution and let's go shout out to uh, Chef Jeff given uh, a donation to the show. Thank you, Chef Jeff, the cousin, Cody's cousin. Jeff. Uh, he said, "How many day one starters do we have?" So I want to I want to tell people to hold back a little bit here on the gross matos for a second. You can't be like, "Oh, because he's he's not polished." That's like that. Of course, that's why. You know what I'm saying? Is that I would just be hesitant here. So answer the question that Chef has posed to us as as posed to us. Um, from my money, I would say we probably. I'd say for sure we have four. Four? Wow. Are you trying to tell me that Gross Matos is going to start next year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't he? What do you mean, why, why, why wouldn't he? Who do we have, who do we have to play a start? Above him? I mean, when was yeah, the last Stephen time Rutherly. we saw a second-round player start in Carolina? That don't matter, but, but, man. Who, who, who's going to play in the spot? Yeah. We have Brian Burns, Stephen Weatherly. I mean, we do have people there. I mean, uh, have, okay. uh, you named the, one person. Uh, the, Stephen Weatherly is not a person. <laughs> like Ifu, Ifu, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, he was. If you watch his tape, he's actually pretty good. I mean, he's just not. He had to face. He had to. Yeah, he's been behind a bunch pros. of bunch okay. of people in Minnesota. Yeah, and then what's the other pros. guy we kept? The British dude. Dude, Ifu uh, yeah. Dude, whatever, man. I don't give a damn about Weatherly. I don't give a damn about that. Y'all cannot believe Gross Matos, Gross Matos, YGM, mm. whatever the hell you want to call this man, <laughs> is going to be a starter on the defensive line before any of those other dudes. And been here, not, been here, done that. That's not, what we said about Coney Ely. It's different times, man. Different times, better. <laughs> Bet, Always going to Ely was playing with a lot of different better players, too. You yeah. Know? Tony yeah, Ely yeah, was there yeah. when Charles Johnson was there. Um, and by the way, Matt Rule has also now said, and, and this kind of, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but if we're talking about, you know, what are legitimate prospects of winning games next year is, um, you know, it's we're going to be depending a lot on young players. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what, uh, Matt Rule said too. Right? A lot of these rookies are going to have to to step it up, and they're going to have to play some meaningful reps. Um, by the way, uh, Troy Pride is almost definitely going to start over Corn uh, Elder. Uh, I mean, Gosh. that's a that's a prop. we're so bad on defense. If four rookies in a draft where you take seven can start. 
Yeah, but that's, that's a, a really you, bad you, you, on defense. We got young right. quick. We got young real quick. I didn't realize we were so old, A. But B, I would I'm slightly concerned with putting so many you know, putting so much stock in guys that haven't played in the NFL yet. And I'm not saying look, I'm saying, hey, is obviously this is a learning year, but this is where I say hold the horses on the winning season, man. Is you're putting a bunch of players in there that might be athletic and and can run around on the football field, but they're gonna get eaten alive potentially by NFL Too players. Bad. Like Gross Matos, I'm telling you this, is that I don't care. You can put all those stats and this and that. Offensive pro offensive linemen know how to take young players and play like if you're a defensive end, you gotta play chess. You know, it's yeah. like this. I'm running fast this down, so I'm slowing up on this down so three downs later I can get the sack. You know, they're always going back and forth. This I use this move twice, twice, then you know, they're do they're it's a plotting and plotting. I don't know if young players have the the capability a lot of times to do that. So I just would say I think that this defense, while we might be excited about the youth movement, we might be excited about the athleticism, I think it's gonna be a minute before all of a sudden it's a finished product. No, you're right. It is. But, I mean, look, when you have a defense as bad as we did last year and you can say that we just got possibly four starters, I think three. Cody says four. Cody's smarter about this than I am, so he's probably closer to being right. We have but, to. Uh, well, yeah, we probably have to start four. That's the sad part. We didn't get three, four starters. We have to start four unless you start some of these other guys that we don't can't even repeat their names. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because the four guys we're talking about have to start are raw, and we can mold them as opposed to getting a free agent that's played for six, seven years. That is good, but has his way of playing, and we're going to have to either uh, figure out a way around the way he plays or he's going to have to adjust to the way we play, which is going to affect the game. I think it's great to have these four guys in there. Uh, I mean, it, like I said, the, the draft for me – got a lot better after we after day one and it all makes sense now i'm usually the uh the cynical bastard on this show yeah but i'm gonna try to be pessimist i'm gonna, not pessimistic try optimistic. to be optimistic right now yeah about about uh what's going on i, I think even that, when you try and be an optimist you're i can't i can't do it exactly <laughs> yeah um no like i said i think it looks good man um I don't think that having four rookie starters is that is that bad of a deal if they're if they're quality players i mean look at our 2015 roster you do not have to have a talented roster full of superstars to produce. You got to have guys that can play well together and that understand each other. I mean, look at the Rams. Building a team that you know, a year ago, two years ago, their team is Well, you know, the first you know? night I was. I mean, kind it doesn't necessarily French, mean if you have a team that is has all stars, you're going to win. And it doesn't mean if you have a team that's got all rookies <laughs> and, and talented players, you're going to lose. He, you know, he, he makes the final one. He makes the final decision. I don't think anybody could have gone fifteen and one that roster. That I don't. Want. I mean, like, there's no different subject. I get that, but that was an impressive year with a roster that was not spectacular. David Tepper and Marty Herney and everybody over there is the Cam Newton decision. A lot of fans. I think like CK fell asleep. <laughs> Sorry, I was. I told you I was a little multitasking at the beginning of the podcast. Dude, we're, uh, we're playing we're Warzone airheads. while Dude, we're, we're airheads. Just interrupt us, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I was. I was multi. It was. It was on me. Um, you know, I'm. I after honestly, I'm going to tell you what. And this sounds silly, but 
what gave me the most comfort Don't was let the it fact go. That a lot of fans Cody talk about man, they been, been his, and his board, we got three send it to the rural household. The, the, the way this single and, season and of this deal, it's mainly because you just started a seven-year deal. With, like how as much as how accurate are those reports that you do? I think it's fair to respect you know him for making a decision that was right for him. He really hasn't been somebody who leads us astray when it comes to you know following the prospects. the cam question, coach. Now you another hard question here. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the outcome of what we've seen. I think you can um, look at those draft picks, and, put an uh, offense on the field. It's wiper we'll plays. see how the coaching one damn works game now. I mean, at this year. point in time, I think. Um, but I, what I do believe what, what is, we, you know, are you not comfortable like, putting a time frame for amount of undrafted free agents yeah. that we signed? Is that a pretty high number or is that standard? Because like, it, I felt like that was really high. I, I don't know. Um, I, I can grab the list, but it is the most undrafted free agents that I have ever seen a team yeah. sign yeah. like i have never seen a list that big of undrafted free agents let alone that the panthers signed um yeah uh apparently a bunch of the guys that they signed they expected to be drafted also so um you know i didn't i didn't really take a look at that list too much so i don't really know who mm-hmm. all was on it or in it but um to kind of piggyback on what tony said I just think that we're in we're in a new era, Tony. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera's gone. You know, Ron Rivera wanted to depend on veteran presences. I've al- I always that said that he was a veteran coach. This team yeah. does not seem fearful of coaching youngsters. No, it, it it doesn't, and I I don't think we're fearful of putting them in play and say, look, you're a rookie right now. Even if you get beat a few times, welcome to the NFL, rook. Like, at least you're learning now. And what's something that we've been saying on this show for a while? Our expectations next year, no matter how good or, uh, or no matter how much better you think that we've gotten because of this draft, the, the Panthers aren't necessarily looking to win the Super Bowl next year. Right. They're trying to build a team. That's why they offered Matt Rule a seven-year contract. That's why they paid McCaffrey for the next four or five years. I mean, this is not a team that has to have it right now. So I I do think they're going to be starting, starting a lot earlier than players in the past because they're not afraid of our players getting their butt whooped because that just adds to their growth and and their development. And you're building for a later day and time, but you're just putting the pieces in place right now. And yeah, I legitimately think we're going to have three or four starters out of this class for sure. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can be a part of the show calling in 252-228-5098. We're going to get to the cat calls in just a moment. You guys were mentioning the direction of the Panthers. Matt Rule was asked today on WFNZ's The Mac Attack about the timetable and what their thoughts were. Here's Matt Rule on that. I'll talk to the scouts. We could click back together, you know, just him and I and Mr. Tepper sit there and say, okay, this is what we're going to do and move forward. And I thought this program, you are a program builder by by trade. That's what you did at Temple. That's what you did at Baylor. Do you have a time frame in your mind? Like, to me, it kind of feels like 2022 is a year where there could be opportunity to give you three off seasons to, to do this thing. Breeze and Brady, they're not getting any younger. It feels like that. Is that a good time frame? Your third year, or are you not comfortable putting a time frame for when you're going to be a contender? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you, like, boring coach answers right now. <laughs> hey, at least and you I, would tell us ahead of time it's coming, you know. Yeah, know. <laughs> but, but it, it, you know, it's funny. I, we had a team meeting yesterday uh, with the guys on the team, and I, 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 I just tell them, I said, listen, you don't have to think this way, but this is how I really think. And, you know, for me, it's like, um, um, you know, I'm always just trying to do, I'm always just trying to do the right things and knowing that if you do that long enough, eventually you're going to be successful. And so in college, it took me, you know, it was a, it was a terrible year then a decent year and then a you know championship caliber year both times yeah. and um and so i don't think that that's necessarily the time frame i just think it's um you know you, most people make bad decisions in the nfl because they're afraid about getting fired well most people make bad decisions in the nfl because they're afraid that you know to upset the fan base or to look bad and so they end up doing you know what people want as opposed to what they think dig. is right. And, that's a dig and um and, and then they delay it or they never mm. get there so what we've tried to do is we've tried to just make good decisions um, we try to make good decisions in the draft, good decisions in free agency, and, and I'm just hoping that we can be a good two team sooner rather than later. You know, um, I ask about Cam. Wait all the way, you know, until 2022 because <laughs> you know I don't want our team this year to hear that certainly, and I don't yeah. want fans saying, "Oh, they don't think they're going to win." I'm going to fight scratch and claw. I didn't I mean, I'm say that, by the way. I win think, every game uh, this year. That was um, me but recording I, what I do it, and is, I was you know, yelling you win at the when computer. you're ready. And so we're just trying to make sure we do everything <laughs> right right now to build a team that can hopefully be good this year, but we'll get better and better and better each year. All right, so listening to that, it doesn't sound like Matt Rule even thinks they're going to be good next year. Mr. 11-5 and over there, putting on your mask now. Before we get too far away from it, I want to bring up the Panthers' undrafted free agents, and I want you all to look at this trend. We drafted all defensive players in the draft. Here are undrafted free agents. Omar Bayless, Arkansas State, wide receiver. Trayvon Heights, TCU, wide receiver. Offensive guard, Mike Horton, Auburn. Offensive lineman, Brandon, uh, Brandon ba- uh, Bowen, Ohio State. Offensive line, Sam Tecklenburg, Baylor. Uh, center, Frederick, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Washington State. Tight end, Cam Sutton, Fresno State. And defensive back, Miles Hartsfield. So, like 90%. We went all offense. All offense. And I've and I got to say, there is. A Baylor player and a Temple player, or not? Sorry, not and, and our Baylor free player. agency. You know, Matt rules. I'm going to play a clip on this later on the show. But our free agency was all oriented to the offensive side of the ball, right? So right. while we so, were, I was going to ask you guys this earlier, Cody. Is there any concern with going so heavy defense? I told you guys weeks ago if we drafted all defense, I wouldn't be disappointed, and I'm not really. Like I'm not walking away from this draft going. You know, I mean, like the whole there was the need. And the whole, there were plenty of guys good enough, need and opportunity meets. The Panthers' defense was non-existent. You guys are saying four players are going to start out of this draft. How can you not draft seven? <laughs> well, so this is kind of where I'm at. Um, I, I'm, I'm honest about my assessment no matter what, and I just told you that I think this is a fantastic draft class. Mm-hmm. My honest opinion going forward is that this offensive line scares the shit out of me, man. And, and that that's just honest. I love Taylor Moten. I think Taylor Moten is easily the best player on our offensive line. Um, and I think that when Russell Okung is healthy, he is a very good left tackle prospect. Um, so if he does stay healthy, then, hey, man, that's, that's perfect. Um, I am very worried about the interior of that offensive line. You don't like Gardens? Um, uh, but I mean, so Paradis, I was high on him when we signed him, mm-hmm. but but uh, he gave up the most pressures 
out of any center in all of football last year. Um, and, and that was, and that was, that was bad. You know, then you look at some of the guys that were drafted last year, um, Greg Little, uh, uh, they, that pretty much means they're going to move him inside. And I don't think he has the pure strength and aggression to play guard. Um, and, and then uh, you have some of the players that we drafted last year. Um, the guy from South Carolina, his name escapes me right now. Um, but uh, he played a little bit of guard, and he was kind of beaten Dennis up on Daly. as well. Dennis Daly. Yeah, Dennis, but Dennis you know what? Daly. It wasn't that he was playing guard that he got beat up on. We made him play tackle sometimes right. one yeah. part of the season. Dennis the, Daly, the obviously but there's some questions and concerns with our offensive line. Here, let's keep going through since you guys are bringing up these points. Here's Matt Rule on free agency and Marty. This is you know, the longest say, clip you know, we got. Side, I don't understand what you guys didn't, you know, here or there. What we yeah. did was we went out and we got a bunch of uh, under, you know, we only have, three, I think, three players over 30 this goes to Greg's on the roster. So we got a bunch too, of young way. guys that we think their best football is ahead of them. Uh, we put a bunch of weapons on offense, we thought. We, we secured, you know, the O-line. We, 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 had to, we had to address left tackle. I mean, there were games last year where, you know, just, you know, because we were moving guys around where, uh, you know, we just couldn't even get a pass off because, you know, we were struggling at that one position. So we addressed left tackle with a, with a pro bowl guy who very simply had a heart issue last year and he's back and healthy. He was played for our line coach. So I, I think, you know, all the decisions we made were really disciplined decisions. We didn't have the cap space. You know, sometimes you read like, hey, they have this much cap space. That's not really the number that we have. And so sometimes they can be reported they have 40 million, but we don't. And yeah. so. We, with a limited amount of cap space, I thought we did a great job of finding the right people um, to, to to allow us to go into the into the draft and, and draft on defense and and get the right people on defense. So I think all of this uh, has pointed to people that are are are, are fighting for the long term, but not sacrificing right now. Like we, we want to be good right now, but we don't want to sacrifice one for the other. We want to be good now, and we want to be even better later. And so Marty, I mean, you go back and look at Marty Herney's first round picks in the draft over the years. Yeah, tremendous. Um, I mean, he, he, he's, he's had, he's made a lot, a lot of progress. I mean, he's had a lot of great picks. He, he's, he's hit on all of them. I mean, there's not many people that have that track record. And so, um, you know, we, we worked through, together through the draft. He, you know, he makes the final say, he makes the final decision, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to draft a player that I don't want. You know what I mean? Like he, there's no ego to Marty Herney where he's like, you know, I'm, this coach is going to do what I want. He, uh, he sat there with me and, and I would tell you this, uh, I believe that my coaching staff and I, you know, a bunch of college guys and a bunch of guys that, you know, we have a bunch of guys who have been in the pros that, 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 that followed our suit. Uh, we outworked most coaching staff in terms of the amount of guys we watched, the amount of guys we rode up. And, and um, you know, whereas most most linebacker coaches write up, you know, to the top 10 linebackers, I can tell you Mike Sarabo wrote up the top 50 or 60. And as we got into free, I mean, we got a couple guys in free agency that we thought were going to get drafted. And so I thought the work between Marty and between myself um, and between our staffs was was really really good and as healthy as there is in the NFL and that might you know the first year you're just trying to triage the roster I mean we lost a lot of guys you know I mean it was a it was a, a roster last year built for you know one last run and there was a lot of guys that are you know towards the end of their career and they're great players and I respect them but they were just older and and we you know we had to have make a youth movement here and um, Marty's made the youth movement so there's absolutely no no uh, there's absolutely no anything between us except for respect and um you know i i i, I lean on him quite a bit hey. so you know uh there's matt rule basically giving uh marty herney his 
his endorsement. Um, mm-hmm. and, and hey, I mean, you know, and this is something that I think we can talk about too. Is you know, uh, and I think that kind of indicates, yeah, Matt Rule did have a pretty heavy say so in this draft. But I mean, again, you all know that I'm not very high on Marty. Uh, you know, he even mentioned there he's hitting on all these first round picks. Um, you know, we're hoping that some of these other rounds it hits on more and more. But I mean, you know, it, you have to give credit where credit's due. If this is a Marty Herney draft, um, you know, until we see them play, um, unless we see them fizzle out, this is uh, the the best draft that I've seen Marty have, you know, before we've seen them play. I feel more confident about this draft than I have any other Marty Herney draft. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's sounds like marty herney is here to stay which i still don't i still don't know how <laughs> how, to, how quite to feel about that yeah but i mean it is what it is well hey cody before we get too much further into it i have a question for you yeah okay because we i think you and i are for the most part are pretty much on on the same terms with what we you know feel about the panthers and where we're going uh but there's one thing we'll always disagree on and that's coaching uh, I know that you feel like if a player misses a tackle, that that's the coach's fault, even though the guy's been playing for 20 well, that's years of his life, and there's no reason that you can blame a drop pass or a missed tackle on a coach. But uh, Matt Paradis, you just said a minute ago that you were that, that he had a bad year last year and you weren't as high on him. Before coming into Carolina, he was the top-rated center in the NFL free agent, and we got him. We were psyched we got him. So yeah. when he came here and he didn't produce, was that because of him or because of coaching? Well, I think coaching had a lot to do with it because okay. one of the things that we have said on this podcast numerous times is who did play well last year? Right. I mean, like, really, who did play well? I mean, you, if you want to say DJ Moore CMC. having over 1,000 yards, yeah, obviously CMC, that goes without saying. But, uh, I mean, uh, DJ Moore had 1,000 yards, and that was Kyle Allen's first read on – every pass play but i mean no one played well and especially you know and th- this is why you know maybe there is a, a, a reason to be hopeful about matt paradis is because our offensive line was in shambles i mean we were playing so many different players at so many different positions and what you don't know if you've never played offensive line is that cohesion and being on the same page is so important I mean, you have blocking assignments that you are supposed to do with the guys around you. You're not just on an island. You have to know what the guys next to you are doing. You have to know, uh, you have to be able to identify the mic, pick up blitzes. There's so much that goes into it that, yeah, I'm willing to say that maybe it was one Matt Paradis was coming off of an injury mm-hmm. that had hampered him the, the year prior. Um, and then, yeah, our offensive line was constantly bringing in new players to play different positions. You know, I don't know how much of that, how much of those pressures that Paradis allowed is all on him. I mean, he does have his uh, uh, share of the blame, no doubt. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's too unreasonable to think that, you know, with a better, more cohesive offensive line, that he might play a lot better. Um so it's, it's a little bit of both. I, I mean, the coaching was a problem, and it is a problem 
when opposing offenses are able to just dice up your defense. Yeah. Like San Francisco did to us last year. Well, I mean, we only had one game like that. Well, we had two games. No, nah, the well, defense three, sucked. Both, both Atlanta we games. So we were that. the worst in the we league historic, against the run. We had historically bad defense yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah. Especially against the run. Maybe that. So yeah. do you think that he can be better? Do you think that year two, maybe he meshes better with the offensive line that we have? Maybe it just took some time for them to get chemistry together? Do you think that Paradis is better this year? Does he pay off? What we, we don't well, know. First, again, is this is it reminds me a little of the stupid Matt Khalil signing. His guy coming off an of injury, top rated on so many boards in this way. Well, it's not as I think Paradis is a better player, and I think also Paradis coming into a new system and the whole line being shitty didn't help him. He didn't play great, but we need. Some of the other guys to pick him up. The question is right. if they can do that. He spoke very highly of Russell Okung, and I know people want to shit on Okung because he was hurt. He had like a blood clot last year. I don't know if a uh, a blood, but he said, "Hey, he's healthy, and he's relying on his offensive line coach, who is the former Chargers offensive line coach." And everybody told us that Joe Matsko was such a fantastic coach, offensive line coach. Yeah, he coached up a couple of guards into some great positions, but we never had any great tackles when he was there. I'm not trying, I shouldn't, I'm not, I don't want to shit on the guy, but I also never understood why the praise was so apparent in Giants. The, they know that this is a weakness, but I feel like this team feels that they can adjust to that weakness better on offense than they could have on defense or else they would have invested something in the draft in it. But also to answer Greg even further, I am kind of worried about Matt Paradis going uh, into the season. And part of it is because he plays center. And like I said, center is so dependent on um, uh, the, the player next to you. And right now, like, do, do either of us have any idea who the definitive starters on our team at left and right guard is? No. I mean, I mean can anyone answer that, like, legitimately? It's got to be daily, and it's got to be daily and lo- a little. Like, there's not even one. other bodies there. Yeah, I mean, uh, do we still have Tyler Larson? Ooh. Good question. I think he's old yeah, but, too. Yeah, yeah. We have. I think we still have Tyler Larson. I think the only one we lost on the offensive line was the guy Darryl that went Williams to the Jets. And no, the guy Greg that went Van to the Jets. Yeah, Van Roden. If your guards are not pulling up their end of the bargain, it's damn hard to play center if defensive tackles are just beating the hell out of your guards. And that's that's something we talked about last season. You know, the offensive line is only as good as its weakest link a lot of times. If somebody yep. gets through, it's so hard for you to be able to – like you kind of get spread so thin trying to take on two guys because somebody let their – they missed their uh, their assignment. You know, it's, it's a tough situation to be on an offensive line. Cody, you could probably attest better than I can with the film you watch, but if you have a, a bad guard, as you said – your center now has to constantly, constantly look that way, and and that takes away from his ability to do his job effectively. And then the defenses pick up on that, and they know where the weaknesses come. And then if your left guard is getting beaten all the time, they know that the center is going to have to chip in and block to help him, 
and then you you know that's when you know to send a, a, a blitzer like on a, a like on a safety blitz or a linebacker blitz just right up the middle and and again we do not have Cam Newton a healthy Cam Newton that can run around and and make plays I mean this is Teddy Bridgewater who even when he was playing with New Orleans and was good with New Orleans a lot of that was dependent upon that line giving him enough time to throw the football. Um, enough time to be able to go through progressions and and get the ball out of his hands. So, I mean, it is a very reasonable concern for the Panthers to be worried about uh, and Panther fans to be worried about the offensive line because there there are not um, a lot of definitive answers to be had at some of the most important positions on our football team. Shame game, you guys now. 63 watching, 35 thumbs up. Come on, let's smash the thumbs up button. Call yeah. into the Cat Calls line. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and jump into those Cat Calls and see what you guys got to say about this 2020 NFL draft by the Carolina Panthers. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like... Podcast, my homies, G. Hey, man, that draft went pretty good, man. It really did. My opinion, hey, I'm like everybody else. I want Isaiah Simmons, but oh well, we got Mr. Brown, you know, and hopefully he can cause disruptive fucking force against any team in NFL, hopefully. And with the defense, we all got defensive picks. That's, That's pretty good. That's telling me something that rule is trying to rebuild, not just for right now, but for the damn future. Because everyone's saying that's how the 49ers did it, but, you know, the hell of the 49ers. Never been a 49ers fan. So give me your take on the Derek Brown pick. I'm going to tell you a pick that I really, really like is that dude Chin. Chin, I think, is he he's going he's gonna to do something, man. I think that defensive tackle took from Baylor. Rotate him with Dan Brown. I think he can cause havoc too, man. And before I go, and I hope every Patriots fan is listening to what I'm about to damn say, man. Not Patriots fan, excuse me, Buccaneers fan. You guys are probably gonna go eight and eight if that. I'm telling you right now, with Tom Brady, I'm with you, brother. He's getting older, and one thing you need to realize, man, Tom Brady, you're not AFC East. You in the South now, boy. We hit hard as right. shit down here, man. So, uh, yeah. I like that. Now, I, I felt that. that call. One. Call. She said, "You're in the south now, dog. We're coming yeah. for the ass." <laughs> yeah, I like that. Shout yeah. out to G. He asked about the Derek Brown pick. We've talked a little bit about it right now on YouTube, guys. I've got an image of of the Pants Panthers Instagram post. They put up Derek Brown in uh, with the word hope, and it's kind of to the That's colors. That's Leia poster. They stole that from Star Wars. Really? Sorry, well, nerd. and then, uh, then, uh, then Barack <laughs> Obama. They also tagged. Uh, they call him Baby Barack, and the comments. People went nuts though in the comments about <laughs> about making political this and that. I do want to point out, like a reference to this is kind of reminiscent of a uh, Obama. Um, 
you know, campaign ad at one point where the yes, we can type, you know, um, we did that with Cam, though. But they, so Panther fans went crazy about this. But I think there is a, a story here is that Derek Brown is very interested in politics and has aspirations being a politician one day. So that's, I think, where this comes from, uh, the baby Barack. But um, controversial pick from the start because so many people wanted Isaiah Simmons and the Panthers dealt a little political flame, fire, gasoline on the fire. Can I just say something sure. real, real quick? And especially when it comes to myself, um, and, you know, it, it's, it's not like, I mean, yes, obviously we wanted Isaiah Simmons, but my my criticism at the time of Derek Brown in the first round is that I feel that he's more of a run stopper than a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if, if you're drafting in the top 10, I want you to be adept in both of them and show me that you have the potential – to stop the run and affect the quarterback on a down-by-down basis. And, you know, if you want to disagree with me on that about um, how much pass rush ability Derek Brown offers, that's fine. We can go back. My own personal opinion was that it wasn't that much, but that you you wouldn't ask him to because you're lining him up at one tech. And by design, those guys aren't the ones getting to the quarterback. So in my, in my own methodology, it was more about you don't draft a player like that that high. So you got lost in the analytics weeds, man. That's what happens sometimes. Ain't no analytics. That's just what I. Yeah, think well, about. it's it's like a value. It's like you you're so not well. Yeah, you all the draft heads are so interested in showing that they can outgame everything that it's not about if a player is good or bad or great, or you can build around. It's like, if the value is there and they say all this kind of crap, but at some time, man, if the boy can ball, the boy can ball. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the can it 67 in the chat says, Cody, you don't think that body can be trained to smash the pass. I think and, so. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great point that it doesn't matter what player you're talking about. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's uh, Joe Burrow, number one this year, or Trevor Lawrence, number one next year. It doesn't matter. None of these players, not a single one of them, is a finished product coming out of college. People don't understand. You know, there's a lot of differences to college to the NFL. Uh, a, a lot of stuff that even I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand all the full details of you know especially the strength difference from college to the nfl yeah man once he learns more pass rush maneuvers yeah Derek brown will be able to affect the quarterback no doubt my my main point is if we're in a 4-3 defense you're never going to ask him to be your primary pass rusher and that's my that was my whole point well, and, you know, what you were saying about the college thing is kind of what I was saying a few weeks ago is that you may be in co- in high school, you may be the top 1%. In college, you may be the top 3%. But when you get to the NFL, everybody in the NFL is that top 3%. Yeah. yeah. So it changes the entire game up. You may have been a stud in college, 
We, we, we've learned that from drafting USC wide receivers. You may be a stud in college. Doesn't mean you're going to make it in the pros. But I you think know? his skill, you know, I think um, that disruptive force is is, nece- is important, particularly yeah. when you got some guys that you're trying to build speed on the outside with. Right, is that is you can't have all Brian Burns's across the line, right? So you need these these picks. They might not be the sexiest at time, but they can build. You know, you can they can put the other players in positions of success. And I think that's why Cody was so vehement earlier in the show by saying that when you look at that Derek Brown pick in the context of the following picks and the roster that we have, it might not be in your eyes, the best pick in a vacuum, but the best pick. What'd you describe before the show? I wrote this. I wrote it down Overall. the perfect pick for us. Yeah, it is the perfect pick for us. And again, when you have someone as purely powerful as Derek Brown, again, you have to respect him. He is going to draw double teams because if you don't double team him, he's going to throw your ass in the dirt uh, like uh, like Sid from Toy Story was doing to, to all those toys. He was torturing. <laughs> Great and, like, Great like, that's, that's what he's going to do. So an offensive line is going to spend more resources blocking him. And now, K1 Short. Brian Burns. Brian Burns. Your tour, gross matos, gross matos, whatever the hell, are now going to have one-on-one matchups to beat their guy, beat the guy in front of you. And well, by the way, now our defensive backfield is even faster, so they're going to be able to cover even better, therefore giving our defensive line more time to get into the backfield. So well, that's got a real 2013 hard. feel to it. Where we were trying to build a dominant defensive line that got 63 or 64 sacks that season. I want to argue this is that I used to be critical of Star Latulale. Or not critical. Actually, I was never critical of him as a player. But when he was asking for the money, I was just like, man, the production just... When you look at the stat line, when you look at this, it's just not there. But without him... Our defense continued to never be able to fill that void, and that's why I got paid by Buffalo. And mm-hmm. while those they let other guys feast, and I think it was who said it in the chat. Maybe it was Underground West that said KK is now going to feast, right? If if KK doesn't, this allows you Gross Matos to have a better opportunity to turn into a player. It gives Brian Burns a little bit more latitude when you put. Brown and some stronger players there that potentially negate some of the weaknesses. And then I would not like, I would also like to remind too, if you look at the context of the Carolina Panthers draft and let me go to the next call before I say this here, here's the next call. This was from draft night. Why Marty Herney didn't draft Isaiah Simmons. Carol fucking Baskin. Fucking bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? That sounds like Joey Esquivel pulling uh, Joe Exotic there, saying we didn't we didn't draft Isaiah Simmons here. But I was thinking about it a little bit. 
is that while we're so enamorated by the Isaiah Simmons stats and all of these different things, you also have to look at the you got to look at the team. And mm-hmm. we invested a lot last year in the outside 3-4 linebacker. Right. We got Christian Miller, we got Brian Burns, we have Marquise Haynes on the team. We have some guys that we think could have some potential, but they have a certain limitation to them. We needed to get the kind of big boys in the house. And I think that Brown, and I, I truly think Gross Matos is going to be a 285, 290 type player in a couple of years. Julius Peppers type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like may, maybe, yeah, maybe 280 if that's what we're talking about. I mean, know. keep in mind that, that uh, 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 Chase Young, who went number two, weighs the exact same amount as, uh, as Gross And that's Matos. light. In the NFL. You're not gonna bull rush people at 265, bro. Not every play, but you, that, bull rush still works. Right, right, that's exactly. Actually, that's actually kind of my question: is with the three four that we're running? I don't no, know if we're, we're running, running four, anymore. We're running four three. Uh, we're doing a four three. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind then. My question is invalid. Yeah, they've already come out and uh, okay, announced good. that. I was gonna ask with a three four how we were gonna play sh- uh, KK and. Uh, brown but if we're going back to a 4-3 which i am all for uh, it may be because the 3-4 was so shitty for one year i don't know but i'm all for going back to the 4-3 so that that answers all my questions right there Uh, to me it comes down to player discipline um and, mm-hmm. you know and and if if the players are doing their due diligence minding well their if it comes path, down to that then uh first of all you got over there greg just dancing a jig telling you it's about players 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 not the coaches but <laughs> second is that like we were so bad at it last year yeah, yeah. like we were yeah. the worst three four team because well, i thought i was benefit, excited about the three four but we did get hit by in injuries the benefit to a three four isn't necessarily just about the run stuffing it's about pass rushing and we had one of the best pass rushers like pass rushing defenses in the NFL. The problem was they couldn't stop the run for the life of them. Or so, them scoring. Yeah. And so like our the three four succeeded for what its base is, you know, meant to do, which is get to the quarterback. And hey, I wanted to go back real quick before somebody calls me out for throwing a bad stat out there. We didn't have six games last year. We lost by seven or less points, or excuse me, eight or less points. We had eight games. So half our season was lost by eight or less points. Yeah, yeah, but so like, does every, every team. Every team says this all the time. The Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers have said this for a decade. We've said it for a decade. We've said it for a long time. Every game we lose outside of like Pittsburgh oh. and that, and that is, is a heart heartbreaker. And that actually makes this process more difficult for me. The idea of kind of life without Cam. Is that we always like the the idea of a three like we're gonna be fighting real hard next year, but not any good, then better the next. I have I don't want to go through this. Ugh. So what happens if we finish seven and nine or eight and eight next year? Yeah, you got to think that's a crazy awesome. You got, we're gonna be jumping out through the damn roof, right? Saying well, like we're on awesome, the way. We're on the way. Does that mean Teddy Bridgewater is our franchise quarterback? 
Well, a lot of it is dependent. Uh, I mean, we've had bad seasons. We've had six and ten seasons with Cam Newton. True. So, you know, a lot of it is going to be dependent on what he does on film. But I'm, I'm telling you, and, and I know everyone has strong opinions about this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased or whatever. We're not out of the running for either Lawrence or Fields next year. Now, I'm not telling you or saying that we will for sure be a bad team. No, not at all. But what I said earlier, man, I, I maintain that. I don't know that this offensive line will be able to hold up um, for for that long of, uh, of a time. And, yes, did we have a, a good defensive draft? Absolutely. But the, a lot of these guys are rookies. So they're going to be playing their rookie season in the NFL, and they're going to be going up against veterans. So you kind of also have to cap your expectation um, on that front as well. Like right now, it's anyone's guess as to what the record for the Panthers is going to be in 2020. We could be the bottom of the barrel. Um, there's also no guarantee the Bridgewater stays healthy. And do we don't put Will Greer in or the other guy that we signed? I mean, you just don't. You don't know these things right now. If this look, rebuild as fundamental as is or as sist- like deep as they it appears to be, right? I mean, you bring in these. We we speculated before this draft about what if they picked a wide receiver? What if they're going to try to build this offense that's dynamic because they got Joe Brady? He's not going to stick around, right? All these things that we were trying to figure out. No, is that. Matt Rule's like, hey, we're building this step by step by step. I would say this. If we win more than four games next year, I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. Not disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that when we were 2-14 and and drafted Cam, we then doubled our win total that next year. And we were like, oh, shit. We're in. And guess what stat they threw out there all the time? Which one? Cam's first two games. Nah, we lost seven games by whatever. <laughs> That's right. that. You know, whatever it is, you had all this hope, and you're like, oh, well, that was four. It could have been six, and then the next year was six. Could have been eight, and then, you know, that's that. So if we get more than four games next year, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We can't. We shouldn't expect those things. But I think if you get anywhere above five or six, you're talking about real success amidst a very different change in turmoil. And that's kind of my thing too right there is that's what I was saying earlier. Like we have the possibility to win 10 games. And I know that's very, very uh, optimistic <laughs> looking like. I but think about my like beer this, out when you said it again, dude. We don't have like the this. opportunity to win 10 games. That's so crazy. Tony, what's, what's, this, it, okay? Tony, what's you your number? Half the season last year by less than a touchdown, okay? Half the season. We improved our defense. We got a better quarterback than Kyle Allen, even though I don't think that that, that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is as good as Cam Newton. He's better than Kyle Allen. Yes. We got a new wide receiver that's better that, that uh, shores up our wide receiver core. Like, we have a chance. We won five games last year. There's absolutely no reason why we can't turn half of those eight games, four of them, into wins and be nine and seven. You're crazy, man. Yes, there are lots of reasons. Number one reason, no Luke Keekley. Number two reason, no secondary. Number three reason. There are 31 other teams that don't have Luke Keekley, and they win. 
Okay. Actually, so 31 so, teams I, don't I have, have winning records, so that's not true. Huh? The other teams don't have winning records. Like, not all teams have a win. I, I say the over-under next year is four and a half. No, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Luke Keekley is And not I'm ready to take the under. Or a franchise. I hear you. I get that. I don't and think – I'm not saying it's destined. I just – I want you to be – I just want to caution people about all the – like the – why? what do you think? YGM is going to come in and have nine sacks next year, guys? Tony, I will say this, though. I, I will say this, though. I do feel like – and by the way, you could be 100% right. But I do feel like a lot of your opinion – is coming from a tried and true jaded Panthers fan. Mm, or how about just a tried and true NFL fan? But no, because if you, so what you were saying earlier about you don't think there's any way Gross Matos starts over Weatherly or Obata or whatever, but you know, especially in the past, yeah, there would be no reason to ever believe that our second round pick sure. would, would I be. I think you're right with that. I think you're right with that. I think there's a little bit of. PTSD, Panthers PTSD to to your your potential. Your, uh, no, I think you're right, but at the same time, I'm also going to say this: is even if I'm wrong on those things, or if those like what you're saying is that this is a new era, different change. That doesn't mean a rookie defensive end, second round defensive end, is just coming to eat in his rookie year. It you're rarely right. happens. Yeah. Defensive ends take a couple of years to go through. Optimistic. It's just normal. They don't usually pop off until year two or three anyway. I'm excited about the prospect. I like the the direction that it's going, but I'm not ready to put like if he gets four sacks next year, I'm gonna say, damn, that mo- that motherfucking nasty. But so four it, sacks is worth the first round pick for you. No, nah, he's a second round pick. Oh, sorry. Gross Matos. Uh, Derrick Brown. I, look, Derrick Brown's worth what he is worth. But, I mean, think about this. I mean, I just don't know. I just – we'll see. We'll see. Is uh, CK, am I being too – I'm not trying to be pessimistic. No, it's not pessimism. Honestly, I think it's the best thing you can do right now. Right? Yeah. That's the only way just you're not going to come out of next temper, year. Disappointed. Temper mm-hmm. expectations. Mm-hmm. Imagine if – so imagine if Tony is right. And we do end up sucking next year, but it's also a scenario like Greg is saying, where we lose a bunch of games. That's the best case like, scenario. Uh, to yeah, be honest, that really that's a is. really the better case scenario than going because seven then, and nine. If you're in a position to get Trevor Lawrence next year, then you do the opposite of what we did this year. You draft your quarterback. And then do nothing but offensive linemen from there, <laughs> and just put a bunch of badass offensive. What if you did that? What if you got a first round pick in a quarterback, and then the next five picks were all offensive uh, linemen? All offensive line. <laughs> that would be and way, awesome. And by the way, we don't have Russell Okung for we haven't. No, nah, he's more years. Yeah, no, he's that done after this year. One you, okay, yeah, done after this year. Taylor Moten has to be paid after this year. Or else he's going to go somewhere else. I just got done telling you all that we have no real answer in the interior of the offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, that is the dream scenario. But I do think, um, you know, uh, you know that there's when you're a Panther fan, you have to strike that line between what is what you want to happen and what's realistic to happen. 
Um, yeah. I, I think right now there are so many different possibilities for the football team. It's possible that we're a a, a, a three and thirteen team, and I also think it's possible that yeah, we could be a nine and seven just, or, or or a just, ten and sixteen. No, I don't. No, if, no. if we're nine and seven and we end up not making the playoffs, are we any better than we were the year before at five and eleven? No. Mm. I mean, is, is not. Well, actually, I think it would give you no, a lot I'd of. Yes. I think it would give you a lot of optimism and encouragement about the staff. Hope. Yeah, okay. and and you would know yeah about the staff and because you, so you, you would know that you're close. Yeah, you would also have to do this is because if we go four games next year and win, guess what the narrative's going to be? Man, if we had Cam. I mean, that's what we're gonna. I'm gonna be talking about the whole time. Shit, if we had Cam, think about this team. If we had Cam on it, that's what mm-hmm. I, someone put on Twitter. I thought it was a good tweet. Mm-hmm. It's like, th- how would you like this draft if we had Cam Newton mm-hmm. coming back with Robbie Anderson, this and that? You would have been like, oh shit. Then I'll start talking about you nine and seven, whatever. And then I would all been been like that. I mean, did we I, ever give Cam Newton what they, what we have right now? And all no, I don't even think we got. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think. I don't think we got shit right now, guys. I think you guys need to be careful and cautious. We ain't got shit yet. We got a draft. We got some players that look good. We got some things like that, but we ain't seen shit on the field. Not a damn. Oh, not man. a now. Nothing. I, 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 I say something, and six weeks later, it becomes true. I speak it into existence. Right. I say this. Uh, I don't. I right don't. Now. I'm saying it. I, well, I don't I'm blame. I'm all over time, so. <laughs> I don't blame Tony for feeling that way, because I feel like, especially ever since I've joined this show, after two draft classes every year, I you know we're always doing the yeah. I feel good. <laughs> yep. We're doing damn good. Yeah. And I, I I understand, man. I I understand. And by the way, that's why I'm very indifferent to it. If if the Panthers do good. Yeah, my my Panthers are a good football team. If we don't, we're one step closer to number 16 wearing a Panthers. I just want to say this is that we can be happy about the draft class and not be good next year. Number 16 is a horrible quarterback number, by the way. Uh, Oh, my God. I do not want to buy a number 16 uh, jersey. Are you kidding me? That is a Dude. horrible quarterback number. It sounds Change like a wh- your number, Trevor Lawrence, if you come to the NFL. All right, Seriously. let's would, go to the next call. If you num- were in front of me, I would jump out of my chair and onto <laughs> your head. Onto your head. 252-228-5098. What's going on, C3 Nation? This is Jay Serious. What's up, C3? Jay Serious? Just want to give y'all a shout-out, man. Nice call. Y'all did y'all thing on draft. On those draft night, man. Y'all did y'all thing. Along Appreciate with, you, man. you know, Panther Nation podcast, Shatron, and Pat Coltrane, Full Man Rush. I mean, I'm happy that y'all, you know, all three, you know, all of y'all got this good content going on for the Carolina Panthers. Thank you, man. And I think this, you know, Panther Nation need that. So that's right. Other than that, man, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I was not going to watch this draft. I was not going to watch this season. I was like, man, that whole camp situation, man, it threw me off. I was like, still a fan. I'm not going to watch the season. I'm here. But we back to watching the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> you know, documentary and stuff like that because I'm a big Chicago Bulls fan. And I remember that whole situation and everything. 
and it and it hurt me just like you know this situation hurt me but I did watch the, I still watch my Chicago Bulls so I'm still gonna watch my Carolina Panthers and stuff like that so but oh, yeah. I'm gonna watch you know I'm gonna I like the draft that they had you know I did was hoping I was hoping they picked the um tight end but I'm cool with how the draft went you know on paper it looks good so only time will tell how this you know how everything would you know now we're just ready to see it on field work. yeah but I like the draft you know on paper so everything is good so this call I have a good one man Holla, y'all. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother, for the call. And look, is that first, I want to give a shout out to all the people out there putting content on YouTube, on podcast out there for Panther Nation, Pat Coltrane, all of those guys. We know I, I check into all of them. Look, we're fans doing this because we're having a fun. We're having fun every Tuesday night for the last eight years. We've gotten up here and just been friends on the Internet hanging out. So everybody's welcome. It's a grow together type of community. I think the internet and podcasters should embrace that rather than kind of a, the territorial attitude that sometimes comes about. Next, I wanted to go back to our point, though, about what we expect about the team and some different things. And with the draft is, guys, uh, I might um, – I expect the Panthers to win, but I don't predict they will. You know, I expect yeah. every – like, I, I don't expect the team to be – like, when I turn on the television, I better I better expect the team that has an opportunity to win. I just don't and to know. Ev- to, if- to everyone in the, in the, in the chat room, too, I, I don't think – like, Tony's not – you know, none of us are pulling against the Panthers. I mean, but we're doing a Panthers podcast, for God's sakes. We want the Panthers – to be the best team every single year but that there's there's being realistic about it and it's like i said with tony you know you get this this kind of this ptsd of you get your hopes up and then you're, they end up being squashed you know i don't blame tony for saying i want to see it first i'm not gonna anoint this the you know the new king defense of the nfc south i understand that completely we have to see them produce but before we can fully feel good about it. That's, I am and glad, I think that's reasonable. I am glad that people are stoked about the picks because thinking about this, picking seven defensive players in the draft, we didn't, we're not even up here arguing really vehemently about how they, we could have done different things in the draft. The very – the most – contentious argument so far about the Panthers draft is whether we should have taken Isaiah Simmons or Derek Brown. Yeah. Other than that, there's actually very little like just like oh or any. There's zero. Yeah. So Dude, we could have had the Green Bay Packers draft class. Oh no, they, you would have loved it. No, it's not. It's good. Derek oh, it was bad. It was Derek bad. Class Sucks the big one, bro. The one Sucks person the one. on their franchise that they do not want to make angry is the one person they decided to make angry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, all man. Of, it might be evil genius. Players, Never know. None of them right on had, it. had great film. Uh, AJ Dillon didn't have a great film. It, it, it just it wasn't. To put it in perspective, Tony, 
they got a quarterback that's not going to be a starter. That's not going to help them. They got right, the they're NFC supposed to. He's he's the next Brett. He's the next Aaron Rodgers. But here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers is like, <clears throat> he's got plenty of years left. He's got like four years left on his contract. They said uh, the same. Well, this that. is like the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers moment. But here's, dude, here's all here's over again. Here's the thing about it: the second round pick the was a running, running back. back. The two forty seven, the big giant. But listen, is he white? You have by Aaron the way, Jones. Like the one thing you needed was a wide receiver to compliment, you know, uh, Adams, and they didn't do. They should have gone they seven did, D. They, they should have gone seven on D. The, of- the the most the most projected starters of wide receivers in the in a draft in the history of the draft is is what we're dealing with here, and they didn't pick one up. The one of the most wide receiver needy teams in the NFL didn't pick up a wide receiver in the most historic wide receiver class. In the uh, in the draft, uh, you know, in the in the I guess modern area of, era of the draft. Hey, can I say real quick too with the Packers? Like, I'm I'm so tired of hearing this about Aaron Rodgers not having weapons. You you have weapons. Aaron Rodgers has better weapons than most teams do in the NFL. First of all, second of all, he gets all the calls. I'll show you the stats if you want me to. The Packers get the most calls in the NFL, favor their way than any other team. For the last ten years, and third of all, have you guys Aaron ever Rogers heard this before? Every, Aaron Rodgers every year is considered a top three quarterback, and two seasons of his career. Do you want to? He has produced those numbers. Do you want to hear a funny stat? Huh? Do you know how many touchdown passes he's thrown to a number or uh, to a first round wide receiver? Um, uh, I don't. One. Well, in his entire career. Now listen to this. But, 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 how many did Cam? What about Cam? I bet you Cam has thrown zero. <laughs> Let me finish the stat. No, because we did have Kelvin Benjamin as his first round. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> t- uh, Peyton Manning had over 200 to uh, uh, touchdown passes to an, a first-round wide receiver. Mm. Drew Brees has over 150. Tom Brady has over 150. I feel like they've always had well weapons though. They got Adams. They got. Uh, they they had that white kid. They, they had Cobb. They had all they these. They have never. They have never drafted a. Uh, they haven't drafted a first round wide receiver in 15 years. That's and pretty. That's a serious stat right there. That's a serious stat. So that doesn't and matter where they got drafted. It does. Aaron it does Rogers because what it means is had, listen, always listen. had here's, weapons. Here's the thing. Like, the sorry. one th- let's let's look at Peyton always Manning. Let's look weapons. at let's look at Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. What do they have more of? Championships, right? They also and have more touchdown passes. More touchdown passes than any uh, than most people in the NFL. Drew Brees in the same boat. You know, always they had weapons. They, they, yeah, because they were drafted weapons. Like that's the right. thing is Tom Brady or uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not, I'm not, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. First round wide receivers as the end all be all. No, See, but I'm saying is your your wide receiver that was drafted in the sixth round. Your organization okay. isn't making an effort to put weapons around you. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this sounds so problem. familiar. Yeah, well, that, but that, by the way, Devontae Adams, even before he was drafted, he's a player that got better in the NFL sure. at running routes. When right. he was playing, but, but when, when he was playing, receivers. no, they're not. But when he was oh, playing, geez. when he was playing uh, uh, in college, he was not a good route runner. Lee so, Trotter uh, says this. Hold on, Rogers. Lee Trotter says Rodgers does have Funches to throw to though. Now I forgot. About <laughs> that. That's Good the luck, comment buddy. of the night, right like there. I said, 
Rodgers has it, it every year is looked at as a top three quarterback, and two years of his entire career, he has produced numbers he, as a top three what quarterback. What did we say, guys, say, when Cam I'm did this? Makes one Super Bowl chicken salad out of chicken shit. He's making chicken salad out of chicken shit is what they're saying. Maybe, I agree. Maybe, I think they've had a lot of offensive talent. There's some questions yeah. about what drafting this kid love. That's his name, right? Love something. Love. Yeah, Jordan Love. Uh, gone next means Rogers the other thing Denver, is this is maybe Rodgers. If our defensive draft is so freaking awesome, guys, and we're gonna be freaking potentially eleven and five, as Greg was saying, which is r- ridiculous. That's a, that's a ten wins. Ten. Why don't we trade for Rodgers, bro? Get this. We get this Super Bowl. We have Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze all up in the damn same division. Yeah, he, so, that so would he be can insane. die behind our offensive line. Dude, yeah, that would be insane. Right. That would be awesome. Look, All right, I'm look. so tired of hearing people talk about Rodgers has never had an opportunity and no weapons. This guy has Nobody has ever said that until like Nobody's, this yeah, past I'm not year. saying he hasn't had I'm just saying his organization hasn't made a concerted effort to actually allow him to have weapons. Like yes, like every year he has a top 5 wide receiver. All right, just saying. You know you if know they would the have helmet, drafted the if they wouldn't them? have drafted a running back in round 2 it wouldn't have been so alarming. You know, yeah, you could have I, said, oh, Love is this prospect that we had all this great on. We think he's going to be better than this. We're preparing <laughs> for this. You could have said all of these things. But when you draft a running back in the second round and you're not a running back away from being legit, it's not the right move. And uh, so, but by the way, right now they have Devontae Adams. And that's pretty much it. Maybe some Funches. Lazard. I take Devontae Adams over any three receivers we have. Well, but you still have to have more. Hold on, though. I have their entire draft class. I'm with Greg on that. I have their their entire draft class up in front of me. All right, let's hear it. That was all about, that had was one of the deepest wide receiver drafts in the past few years. They didn't take one. They don't like, they need one. They don't a need one, man. Player. They should have. If they would have taken one in the six, wouldn't that just made things worse? But Greg, <laughs> but but let me put it to you this way, man. <laughs> we could have said the same thing about Cam Newton. Well, we Cam Newton's so thing. good. Cam Newton's so good. He doesn't need great wide receivers around him. So if he elevates the talent so much, then why draft him? And if that's what that's what they're saying, saying that's, there. That's it. That's essentially what the Packers. Are doing. Hey, Aaron, keep on making everyone around you better. And, hey, and to be fair, the way he approaches his contract, that's not inexcusable by them. He has written into his contract or trying to have the clause written in that anytime a quarterback renegotiates, he gets to renegotiate. So, you know what I'm saying? If you put that type of premium on yourself. All right, let's go back to the calls. Let's go back to the calls. Let's go back to the calls. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Rich in the UK, not in London. Hey, Rich. What's up, Rich? What's up, um, yeah, draft. Really like the chin pick, um, and I think everything Same. else is to be determined. But I thought chin might sneak even into the first round. He was one of those guys I thought would go in the forties, but someone would end up taking him earlier than that to make sure they got him because mm-hmm. it wouldn't reach them in the second round. So I think we got. We did well there. He's possibly developmental, but he's a monster. 6'3", 2'12", faster than anything. 
really pleased. Um, as for the other stuff, let's just wait and see. I'm not overly keen on the Brown pick. Not because I don't think he's a decent player, but again, at seven, there was just there were better ways to do better with the draft. I'm getting a Brown jersey. Um, but I'm sure he'll do a decent job. Um, other than that, well, let's just wait and see. Exactly. I hope everyone's surviving lockdown okay and you're all well. Cody, I hope you're doing well, mate. And uh, to everyone out there, keep helming. All right, thanks, Rich, for your call. Let's keep going. Rich is one of my favorite Twitter draft guys. He follows all my draft stuff. Hi, guys. It's Rich oh. in the UK. Panther Nation. It's your boy. The great Northern Panther himself. Oh, there Josh he is. I know it's been a minute. It's been a while. What up, Josh? And some of y'all saw me drop in briefly on the draft party that night couple thoughts. Let's start with the draft. Love, love, love what we did in the draft. I think it was phenomenal. We didn't waste any freaking picks on no bullshit like wideouts and, you know, running backs and, you know, shit we don't need. We got to see plenty of teams across the league make them dumbass mistakes. We ain't going to name names, but we know who. <clears throat> we just argued about it, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the place they were all taken, uh, you know, I get it. Some people wanted Simmons. I was one of them, but I understand the 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 need for a tackle. I get it. Um, yeah. Second, I think that's where we're all at. Let's all yeah. take a deep breath, a nice big deep breath, and laugh yep. at the fact that the Saints bothered to waste their time with James fucking crab legs. <laughs> Um, you know, we gotta talk about this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, forgot we have to talk about this. I never was and is never gonna be. I don't care. Yeah. You know, the man isn't never gonna be, and that's just the way it is. And that's the bottom line, because Josh from Matt said so. <clears throat> Number three, why does um, James Winston have a job and Cam fucking Newton don't? Yeah. What is Crazy, going on man. here? What is this upside down year in the NFL? Like, I get it. We got quarantines and the man can't get a physical because of this, that, and the third. But meanwhile, Tom Brady and his old geriatric wrinkly white ass somehow, <laughs> somehow got a physical. And the same with Gronk's habitually damaged and broken and sorry glued together ass. So where's Where's the love for our man? I, mean, I know he's not our man no more. But he's going like, to be a patriot, brother. Been fans. I've been telling you. <laughs> Apparently, I've been hearing that the Patriots have man. zero interest in him. Be? What? Yeah, now I've, I've heard that all of a sudden. Smug. Your girlfriend that you liked so much back in middle school because she showed you her boobies. Mm. And your parents were like, ah, ain't dealing with none of that. And they threw, they threw your love to the wind. David Tepper is our parent. We threw our love to the wind. We saw our But maybe, just maybe, the future won't be so bad. We'll see, Panther fam. Keep pounding! Nice. My man's got I'm it timed. Got it timed exactly to the moment. Show me your boobies, hey. girl. Hey, can I say I've been watching with quarantine. Me and my wife have been watching a lot of Netflix lately. Right. And we stumbled upon a show called uh living with yourself okay which has uh paul rudd in it which i love him as an actor oh yeah he's funny 
And uh, there is a Tom Brady reference in there that is hilarious. Oh, yeah. First, first oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is a phenomenal show. What's it called? It's, long. If you got a chance, it's Living With it Yourself. In this, with so yourself. what's so funny about it is Tom Brady comes out. Yeah. And this, this show came out not long after the whole um, – Robert Kraft in a uh, yeah. getting caught in the, in the so day spa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you see Tom Brady coming out of a day spa, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it looks similar yeah, to he that. Says, this is like, not my first time. That's the best part. Oh, I thought that was a commercial. So that was an actual clip from that yeah. show. Yeah. It's a great show. Y'all check it out. Sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, Josh from Mass is, you know, I think we were in our feelings today. Some people in a group chat were in on uh, Nick Montiero, jo- all these guys on the show. Josh from Mass was up there on Facebook. And I watched, I beamed those, that highlight clip of Cam, that montage to the TV in, ki- in the kitchen while I was cooking dinner. I was a little surprised with this, is that like 80% of that film was like 2015 and earlier. I mean, if you think about it, it was like every rushing touchdown. I forgot just how many touchdowns my man had on the ground. It was just always big runs, short runs. Crazy yeah, amount. it was just insane. Crazy so, yeah. Amount. Um,. All right, let's keep going through with the calls there. Uh, see Let me say this before we go right, to the yeah, next go one. I don't, I don't think we're going to um, really feel the absences a- until games are being played. So, yeah, we've all, we're all coping and coming to terms with no Cam Newton. But I don't think you're really going to feel it, feel it until it's time to play football again. Maybe, and, and maybe. but we I might actually. It, it might go quick, easier than we think, because Teddy is capable. But I'm not even. I'm not talking about results. I'm talking about. I mean, even if we just win like a emotion. Bunch, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like the in the in the first few days leading up to opening kickoff of the first game of the season, like it's gonna dawn on you, man. I'm about to watch a Panthers season absent Cam Newton, Luke Kuechly. And Greg Olson, and I, I, I just think that maybe uh, it's going to hit a little bit harder uh, later on. Ken Dye says no f- Netflix, just two cats. Well, brother, what you need to do is take your Android phone and get or or get Cinema HD on the Android phone, or jailbreak that Amazon Fire Stick, like Greg told me about. And get that cinema yep. free joint, and then you don't. Hell. Then you can be like off the grid, you know, and you get the free shit. Hell. Or you do can, just saying. All right, next next call. Hey, this Anthony Rochelle. Just want to talk What's about up, the Anthony? defense that we the got. Famous we got good Anthony Rochelle with a great um, radio voice. Just um, wanted to uh, also uh, thanks for uh, showing the. Uh, love and respect for me um, on top of the hopefully I could be on top of the fan list for you guys it's Anthony Rochelle keep pounding go Panthers keep pounding All right. of course day. man thanks for the thank sp- you, yeah thank you for the support man thanks for being there on draft night and you guys keep pounding next call what's up guys Chef Jeff here uh, Chef Jeff what's up Chef Jeff 
I gotta say, I mean, I guess I'm somewhat happy with the draft. I mean, we did get some decent players. Looks like we're, looks like to me that I guess we're gonna focus on defense this year and I guess offense next year. Um, cause just taking all defensive players like that. Um, definitely pissed we didn't pick up not one offensive yeah, lineman. So. I guess yeah. we're going to see P.J. Walker at some point next year because uh, Teddy Bridgewater ain't going to fucking survive behind that shit offensive <laughs> line we got now. So, so we'll see on that. Uh, definitely pissed that we passed on uh, Isaiah Simmons. That was fucking retarded. Uh, you know, Marty Hurney's supposed to be this round one, you know, Mac, uh, Guru. super genius. Well, <laughs> he missed out on that one, I have to say. I mean, I, you know, I like, the, I like the pick we did get, but, I mean, come on, you got to go with the generational talent. I mean, you just lost Luke. You have to get that guy. Mm. But whatever. We'll see. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah. Like I said, I guess it just it seems like we're going defense this year and hopefully offense next year, I guess. But um, I think uh, we're on you know, to it, Cody, overall, with the draft and the quarterback and then we five offensive linemen. Two offensive linemen, you know, in the second or third round somewhere or something. But you can't you know, get what you want all the time. And I just, I'm losing faith in this organization, to be honest with you. Uh, they, they're not, to me, they're not making the right moves to rebuild. I mean, if you're going to rebuild, what a, what better play to rebuild the defense around than Isaiah Simmons? Uh, yeah, what do I know? Mm. Anyway, uh, be checking you guys out tonight. Shameless plug, uh, if anybody's interested in uh, mycology, mushrooms, gourmet mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, start a new channel. It's called uh, Chef Jeff Home Mycology. Check it out, guys. Sorry about the plug. Don't be sorry, brother. We're going. Nah, I'm going to check that later. mess out. Got right time got cut off. Chef Mycology, right? Is that what you said? Or Chef Jeff Mycology? Oh, no, I'm good. Anyway, oh, still shit. keep pounding. I was only at two minutes, 40 here, seconds. I'm going to play it again, just so I'll we get it again. around then. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, what do I know? Anyway, uh, be checking you guys out tonight. Shameless plug, uh, if anybody's interested in uh, mycology, mushrooms, gourmet mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, start a new channel. It's called uh, Chef Jeff Home Mycology. Check it out, guys. Sorry about the plug. Check it out. Dude, we're there. Chef Jeff Home Mycology. Go check it and out on it's, YouTube. It's spelled G-O-F, like G-E-O-F-F. Hey, so it's not J-E-F-F. Yeah, I, I made that mistake last week. And can I also point out that in the chat, front, uh, excuse me, uh, best in the game, front seven, just gave us a love bomb of $5. Well, thank you so oh, much. Thanks cool. for the support, man. Been out, big outpouring of fans. Uh, I, look, the draft, despite our kind of bickering over Isaiah this and that, you know, I think, uh, and this we started the show off talking about how kind of the draft was just invigorating to society a little bit. And the Panthers, you know, this injected a little optimism into us, even if, you yeah. know, we're trying to be realistic in the process, is that this is when hope springs eternal. You yeah. Know? And that that's what it's supposed to be. Thank God we're not up here bitching about how terrible of a draft it was. You know, and from every different angle, which could have been a real possibility. Um, let me see. I think maybe came, Chef Jeff came back for another. I forgot to tell you guys. This is Anthony nope. Rocha. This is Anthony Rocha. I forgot Rocha. to tell you guys. Do you love the Carolina Panthers like I love the Carolina Panthers? But, man. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, uh, I think I you got that reference. 
yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shout out, big cat. Um, all right, so right now we got through the cat calls. We talked about the draft. Oh, I guess we cannot finish up without talking about this. Here's uh oh, there's two more clips. Two more clips I want to talk about from Rule. Here, this one I think will make us all excited. Little, well, go ahead. But I mean, I was gonna we could do it after or before. Um, uh, we didn't touch on the oh, big yeah. news that uh, that uh, 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 Josh brought up. Uh, oh, famous Jameis is the backup to Drew Brees yeah. in New Orleans. I think yeah. it's a good pickup by the Saints. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, better I, than Cam, but maybe, maybe, maybe you know what I mean. But here is that I think Cam believe I think Jameis believes he can he should be a backup right now. I think Cam believes he is a starter, and I think Jameis is trying to get on a team that. Uh, one thing is this: is that the sa- the worst thing can happen. What if Drew Brees got hurt? This is over. Potentially, Jameis could come in there and be with the tutelage of Sean Payton and some different things, and and maybe not having. I don't know. Maybe it's a a decent fit. A decent fit. I'm not saying he's gonna like a great thing. Like I'll say he's gonna win the Super Bowl with him. But you know, is that I would feel more comfortable putting Jameis in than Taysom Hill and saying the season's not entirely over. Dude, they gave Taysom Hill a first round draft. Yeah, uh, how about uh, now how about the well, money they didn't really that they get paid that. Taysom? What did they pay they him? Paid, dude, they paid Taysom Hill something. He's the second highest backup up. quarterback pay, or second highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL. Right. Dude, and he has a first round ten. And he's a third rounder. Put, I mean he's a third he's, first round pick away. He's basically being paid as a weapon. That's not he's not being uh-huh. paid as a quarterback. He's being paid as a weapon. Yeah. They're playing the game. That's what New Orleans is doing. They, they they are playing the game. Taysom Hill is not a first round quarterback. He's not no. even a goddamn starting quarterback. Okay, and then uh, uh, sorry. Uh but you know, uh, he that they are for some reason loving this guy, even uh, though they just signed another quarterback that threw for what forty two hundred more yards than Taysom Hill did last year. Taysom seven hundred more yards than Taysom Hill did last year. Taysom Hill signed a two year a two year deal valued at twenty one million with sixteen million in guarantees. That is insane. What are we even talking about yeah. anymore, dude? Let them make that mistake. Dude, that, that's just that blows me. Well my then mind. the Jameis doesn't make any sense now that I hear that. I mean like you shouldn't need any Jameis must have just signed on to be like a like a volunteer. Dude, Jameis Winston throws seven less interceptions last year than he did, and they are a uh, a playoff team with a MVP caliber type player playing the quarterback position. I'm sorry, if you take Jameis Winston's numbers away, his his interceptions away, he is an MVP candidate. That's like saying year. if if I if I was a better quarterback, then I would be a better quarterback. No, that's my favorite saying. If my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But we say the same thing at Cam Newton every year. If he yeah. had this, he'd be the best in the league. If he had this, he'd be the best in the league. If Jameis Winston does not throw. That's why he dresses like my aunt. If if Jameis Winston doesn't throw seven less interceptions than he did last year, he is the top three quarterback in the NFL and an MVP candidate. And they are 12-4 and four going to the playoffs. 
Just saying. Think about last year. He threw the first pick, first pass of the game against Carolina in London, a, a pick six, right? Yeah, I was yeah. Like so, that. so take that away. He's thrown like seven hundred first pick six. Yeah, they won that game. Take that away, and or actually, we won the game, didn't we? We, uh, won yeah, we, we beat the London so, one, yeah. That was um, before season X. But you can't like the problem with Jameis is like there is he he has some He's beautiful come, passes, but he has just as equally as bad of passes. No, I agree. I He's know. gonna so, be so, awesome now. He's got Lasix, brother. Yeah, we'll and he has Godwin and Evans. Well, look, no, that, that's Go what ahead. I wanted. That. Sorry, yeah. what I wanted to say though is I think the argument that we were having earlier around Aaron Rodgers is more apt for Jameis Winston because unlike Aaron, who you know everyone uh, you know perceives to be a, a top three quarterback in the NFL, most even considered the best sometimes, Jameis Winston no doubt had a ton of talent around him for a very long time and he never capitalized and he always had these up and down kind of seasons now they also uh and i i, I follow some uh a buck fan on twitter and he was saying that the the buccaneers uh ever since they got tom brady that they never put this amount of premium on offensive linemen when Jameis was there uh, and it's funny that now Tom Brady is there and they're doing all this for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It sucks when your offensive line is terrible, but I'm of the mindset that if you're the number one pick in the draft out of all this time and all these years, the fact that he has failed to live up to that reputation, you cannot take all the blame away from him. Uh, speaking of Billy Marshall, him and I were – Arguing about that the other day, arguing about Jameis Winston, well, and it's, it's it's like I don't know, man. This can I, I say I'm not a believer. Though, realistically, Jameis Winston is one MVP season and one Super Bowl appearance away from being exactly what Cam Newton was. No, oh not my even gosh. close. Again, not if my close. uncle had nuts, he would not he be my aunt. Touchdown to Cam Newton. <laughs> what is the same Cody had just right busted? away from being Cam Newton. You can say what you, I'm, no, I'm sorry, man. Shush. Right. How many, how many touchdowns? How many passing touchdowns does he have? Did they even have man. one winning season under under Jameis? How many winning seasons did they have? This with, is with, with Cam. With Cam, you had what three or four winning seasons? Three, his, uh, three technically, because three, not playoff. Uh, yeah, they were three winning seasons. So I mean, come three on, more, three more than Jameis Winston's ever had. And and you've got to, you know, and I know everybody wants to talk about how you can't add these into it, but you have to when you're talking about Cam Newton. Jameis has nowhere near the rushing stats that Cam Newton has. I get so, you're right about that. I give you so that. to compare yeah. the two is 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 give you, that. you know, I I would I would say borderline. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I was hoping I was going to get that. uh, You know what? You you raised a very good point. (laughs) So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. This is crazy. I ain't ever listening to this again. Uh, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. What is this podcast? Uh, whatever, Tony. You'll do it tomorrow. Let's see. Is that? Uh, I think that's all the calls for tonight. Did we either hear this one? Was this one? I forgot to tell you guys. Yeah. We heard. All right, so we got through all the calls tonight. Uh, we did not get through all the draft, though. Um, 
And we didn't get this. Look, look, there's all this great content right now. Here, Rule. Here's Rule on M- uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey on WN- uh, WFNZ throwing a little shade on the previous staff. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard to answer because I wasn't here before. So, like, that, the workload he had last year was, you know, wasn't really my responsibility. I, I know I've never had a player play, you know, 98% of the snaps. Yeah. For, you know, for, for many reasons. Um, you know, I've, I've never really had one tailback. If you look, you know, it was college, I get it. But, you know, like, you know, I had two pro tailbacks when I was in a, you know, Rockwell Armstead was playing for the Jaguars and Jahad Thomas. You know, he was a senior and Rockwell was a, a sophomore. I'm still rotating them. You know, I, I wanted guys to get stronger as the season went on. You know, Christian's a weapon, so we need to, A, we need to use him. But, B, we need to we need to make sure that he wins games for us in the fourth quarter and he's dominant at the end of the year. And we have other good backs. You know, we have Mike Davis. We have Reggie Bonifon. We have Jordan Scarlett. We have Curtis Samuel, who to me is someone that we can use in a multitude of ways. So um, I, I think that I think that uh, instead of just putting a number on it, I think that we're going to try to be really smart about the ways in which we use Christian. And you know, when you think about it, he's 23 years old. I mean, it's just mind blowing. You know, that is true. Mind blowing. He's 23. It's interesting too that you reference Curtis Samuel while his name has really been uh, being associated with trade talks. You guys think? that there is any truth to this, and do you think that it would behoove the Panthers to do this? I'd almost rather just keep Samuel for his final year in his deal than getting a fifth-round pick. And then after you guys answer that, I want you to think about this. Why is it unethical to make a damn player play their final year of their contract? Because some people in the fan world believe that that's an impossibility. Go ahead. Well, b- before before we answer that, let me just say that Matt Rule has never said anything that has made me happier than what I just heard him say right there. What were we screaming from the top of our lungs all last season? Even even in the end of games or when we knew that we were in a playoff team late in the season, we're just running our only franchise player into the dirt. Well, he's yes. getting Christian, a record, homie. It, it, it you're you're matter, screaming that. I'm down for him getting a record. It doesn't so. matter. If you are we are now paying McCaffrey the most running back money in the NFL. Right now. If, if Two weeks later if it Your fan plan is to run him on ninety five percent of the plays, congratulations. You'll have him for another two or three years because you were short sided enough to run him into the ground right now. I don't care what player you're talking about. The fact that we played McCaffrey that many snaps that late in the season absolutely could have been disastrous. He was chasing if, if a dream, one man. Thing went, went wrong. But I'm saying that's not how winning organizations manage their franchise players. Well, and that's well, just the truth of it. No, I, I, I agree with you, Cody. That that's not how you manage a guy like Chris McCaffrey. But last year, when the season is lost, we know we're not going to make anything. CMC has one goal. Thousand and a thousand. There's only been two players in the NFL to do it for him. Thousand and a thousand. And you know they played that way because in the end, after he got a thousand yards receiving, they put him in for one more play to get one more catch just to make sure. What do, what do you that think you would the, rather have? What do you think you would rather have? A 1,000 season or a Super Bowl ring? Well, but it's could we have gotten a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. 
Could we no, have gotten and, and that's my point. It, you're not playing for anything. Yeah, it's incredible that Christian broke that record. But now the Panthers have shown you what McCaffrey means to their organization. <laughs> if you're going to run him into the ground and not play your fourth-round draft pick in Jordan Scarlett, not play Reggie Bonifant, but you don't lessen his load even a little bit, that is, I mean, that's mismanagement. And there's no other way around it. Uh, if, if he is that important to the identity of your offense, you don't run him into the ground like that. And I love that yeah. Matt Rule said that. Matt Rule just earned a ton of points in my book from him saying what he just said. So I take that that's means how that whenever Chris McCaffrey drops one pass this year, you're going to blame no, him on coaching? No, it doesn't mean that at all. I don't, it doesn't mean that at no, all. No, no, no. You, you, what you got to remember is that this is talking about, you know, when we have that argument, it's a cumulative argument, right? Wow. When you have, when you have 15 different players missing 90% of their tackles, that's coaching. That's coaching. Right. I'll give you that. When, when yeah. you have one, one dropped pass by a star athlete like Christian McCaffrey, that's just a, a player human mistake, you know, that's going to happen. But I mean, yeah, you can't, I mean, I think we all just can agree that if there's a pattern of, inability to play the game the way that it's supposed to be played, then that's where the coaching starts to become the I issue. Think, and these but, are all the reasons why I was shouting from the top of my lungs to fire Ron Rivera. It was why I was shouting it the entire time. You were. On top hey, of you were. You different. got it, buddy. You got it. They fired him. You got it. I do think that um, I like the way he frames it as this. It's not like taking a weapon off the field. You know, that's kind of like what the the previous thing said. It's like, why would we ever do that? Well, with the long-term, not even the long-term plan of season after season, but week 14. You know, we don't want to run you into the ground this year, and it's and it will happen. And you're fortunate you didn't do it to him because he was such a baby boy. He's 23 years old. He's about and, – and when you hear that number 23, it really makes the dang extension Christian McCaffrey not sound so ominous. I'm sorry. Well, it makes it feel like when he's in his, still in his prime. He's still in his prime. He's about to be in it. He ain't even in it. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 it makes you feel like that at 28, when he's still in his prime, yeah. we may not have him. However – you never know what's going to happen in five years, man. But, the, yeah. the the part of that 93 snaps, though, I will say, is it is slightly misleading. He didn't have more touches than a lot of people. Right. He just had, he, he was on the field a lot more. Field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, so, Blocking, I mean, as far running yeah, routes. From, from a perspective of actually, like, touching the ball as much, it's in, in actually taking the physical toll of a tackle that, you know, obviously blocking can be impactful to the body. But, you know, as far as actually taking the brunt of a tackle he's not he wasn't in he, you know as far as like if you look at just statistically speaking he's not he's not even really close to the top as far as but are concerned maybe but he didn't we didn't split him at all last year no. that's what demetrius no, miller saying there won't we saw that one play do you remember reggie bonifant ran a touchdown on his like first carry of the year I was the there. I was at that. Yeah. I was at that we were game. all there weren't uh, we then yeah yeah yeah, yeah we were that was the yeah. jacksonville game yeah. yeah, but like that, it took that long Wouldn't to get one carry. <laughs> one carry, you know what I'm saying? Cameron Artis Payne is still waiting for his one carry. Uh, there is. Uh, I do like that idea of this. Is that it doesn't matter? You know, it's like we're doing it for Christian team, not 
I like that answer. Here, here's another thing. I do want to bring this up. Here's how can we not talk about Cam Newton? Rule was asked about this on WFNZ. Here he is. What would you oh, say to your fan rule. base? knowing that a lot of them out there are still kind of holding that against you guys, and you guys made a decision you thought was best for the team. What would you say to fans that are having a hard time getting past the cam ordeal? Well, that's what makes fans, that's what makes fans great, right, is that, you know, that, that they love the players. And Carolina is a place probably more so than many fan bases that really, really loves their players. And, you know, you go back over the years, when players have left, it has been, it has been really bittersweet, you know, more so than, you know, I, got, you know, I grew up, in a different part of the country, you no know, players came, players left. It was a little bit different here. Yeah. The, the fan base is so passionate about the players that they've really held, held on to those things. I think you know. I think we've you know we've addressed it a bunch. You know, um, we did what we thought was right. We did what we thought was right for the future, and, and we're going to have to do that year in and year out. You know, they do that with coaches. They do that with players. Um, this is a game of change. This is a game of turnover. Um, all you can do is is do things uh, the right way. All you can do is. Tell people as best you can tell them. You have to give them hard news in this business. Just like, you know, Luke walked into my office and gave me hard news about his future. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I still see him all the time and, and uh, respect, you know, him for making a decision that was right for him. And I think we tried to make the decision throughout all the personnel moves that was right for us. And, and they're not easy. You can understand why people are passionate, but that's, that's what pro football is. And, um, it's been that way since the dawn of time. And, and for us not to do what we think is right uh, would not be would not be good for the organization or franchise in the future. And that's not just about one decision. I'm just saying that about everything. So, you know, we're going to have to be disciplined and, and make hard, tough decisions each and every year. And that's the only way that you can win championships. So the teams that have won multiple Super Bowls and are able to keep their roster, you know, turn. You look at the Patriots over the years. You know, there's only been a few constants on that team. And um, so that's 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 how we're going to position ourselves year in and year out. All right, giant problems with this response from my side. Number one is that, again, we hear the same effing answer. And he said it. He said, we've addressed this a lot, but we don't get to talk. Like here, not a single person has asked the one follow-up question that would satisfy a lot of us is you say that you did this for the right reasons and you believe for the best interest of the team. What are those reasons? Why? Why? No, instead, and I'm going to throw a little shade. I'm not trying to throw shade because I love T-Bone. I love the Mac attack. But instead of just saying, okay, coach, well, why is this the best decision for the team? This is the question. Mac drew the uh, the cam question, coach, and I drew another hard question here. So I'm going to be straight up to you here. You have to pick one: Texas barbecue, North Carolina barbecue, oh my God. or Philly cheesesteaks. Only one, coach. All right. So my point being is this: is that, and, and a lot of people gave them shit for being softies on this, and I'm not trying to give them shit specifically. I'm trying to give the entire media. I'm not even trying to be a jerk or an asshole. I don't even need it to be a super hard question. The legitimate question to me is, though, is you say that we did this because we believe it is in the best interest of the team. My question is, why do you believe that? That's it. And if you just tell me, it would make me feel better. Andy Massey, who is a longtime friend of the show, writer on the website, he said this. as He said because they really don't want to pay him and don't believe in his shoulder. If I heard yeah. that, but maybe they're doing a solid by not saying that aloud for Cam. 
but I need a little bit something more than we think like that like that's so like why did you do this because I thought it was best yeah and listen my my opinion on this is there uh, you know coach rule is looking at this like winning cures everything yeah you're all mad right now because there's no cam newton but if i turn this thing around and we start winning football games and we become a legitimate contender i promise you're all gonna forget cam newton and they're gonna stop complaining about him being here and if you know from from that perspective i don't blame him for that you know, I mean, they made the decision that, that they made. It's not the one that I would have made, but they wanted to build their own thing. And their own thing did not include Cam Newton. And I yeah, just Cam- need to hear that almost, other than the coach speak. And I, may, and well, I know it's is, never coming. The problem is, is that the reason that you don't see Mac Attack actually asking that question is mainly because... If he asks that question, what's the odds? If he continues to hound that question, making Matt Rule look more like a villain by continuing to do that, what are the chances he's going to get Matt Rule back on that radio show? You know, I'm sure it's well, kind of like you know, when you can have- just ask. That's why they don't even need to be them. They let them get away with this. It's not even yeah. an aggressive question. I don't even need yeah. to be aggressive with it. But just like, why do you believe that? Yeah, but would I that think keep that they- you from coming back on the show that you're that thin skin? No, it's okay. it's not a matter of that. Like you know how when celebrities go into their interviews for like stuff, like the publicist beforehand says these topics are off limits. You know, it, it, obviously the reporters try their hand at that one topic at least once, but they don't push the luck a lot of times because then that that you know celebrity or whomever it may be may you know walk out of the interview and then all of a sudden now it's become you know you you look like a bad guy because you're continuing to ask questions about something they didn't want to talk about. Um, but I think for him, it's kind of like if he continues to ask questions, or if we continue to ask questions about Cam and force him to answer them, there's not going to be a good answer, right? There's not going to be an answer. If somebody would have asked the question three weeks ago, though, it then we could move on. We could have moved you, on. But if you're if you're mad that Cam Newton is not a part of this football team, there's nothing that Matt Rule is going to say to yeah. make feel better questions about durability along with contracts that we just want to find it's time we believe that it's best for everybody involved to start a new point in their careers even that would be okay but i don't understand how any of it's better or worse because it it doesn't matter it's incomplete it's just missing it's just like trust me it's like this is that this is the the best taco salad you ever have ever had why because it is well, tell me why it's the best taco set. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, be able to tell me why you think that this is the best direction. We want to get younger. We want to time, you know, we want to build in a different direction than from the previous regime. Something more than we just think this is right. You I mean, should be able to give us something. If it's really, if you believe that vehemently about it, you should have a fucking reason or two. I think he believes vehemently that the Panthers are going to be a, a good football team after he's able to build for uh, you know uh, a year or two, and uh, he, he all he has to worry about is dealing with these kinds of questions now, and then he's never going to have to think about it until again. we're all like, man, if we had Cam, if we had Cam, right. if we had so Cam. Let me ask you. 
you're right, Tony. Let me ask you if in two years, three years from now, okay, I'll give you two, three years. We are 12 and four. Are we really any better than they were before? Hell yeah. We don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, if we're 12 and four, I don't care what year. If we're 12 and four, man, I'm jumping up and fucking down, bro. No, I I agree with you. Like, I'm telling you, even if we don't win the Super Bowl because you got an opportunity to get in the dance, you get in the dance, you got an opportunity to win. That's the thing, is this. And really, arguably, the reason that that so many Panther fans were kind of um, resistant to change is we have been a competitive team. I saw Billy Marshall put out a tweet that said, hey, uh, this is what bad teams do. And I'm like, what fucking teams do you watch, homie? We are, we're we not the Bengals. We've been to the playoffs in the last 29 years. In fact, the last time I checked, we've been advanced in the playoffs. Like, we don't shit on what the Panthers have done. What I'm and I'm not saying you guys are, but if yeah, like if we win twelve and four, I don't care if it's in th- if it's in three years, I'm gonna be all Matt Rule. I'm gonna be all whoever the fuck it is. Twelve and four is a season that is amazing, and we were eleven and five in 2017, but, and we were really close, man. We were close. We weren't there. My question is: Is twelve and four, eleven and five, any better than what we were? Two years before Matt Rule got there. Yes, yes, yes. Is it really? Yeah, like, like, because I'm, I'm we weren't like, that two yeah, years well, ago. No, we were like not, twelve. Ga- yeah. We lost twelve games in a row that year. But yes. Also, that does, that when was the last time we won twelve games? Twenty fifteen. That doesn't have a lot of context either, though, because okay, if we're twelve and four, or eleven and five, I mean, more than likely that's a playoff number. Right. So, like, are you talking about if we have that record and then fizzle out? In in the in the playoffs, that's, I mean, didn't... that's what I'm asking y'all. Basically, is yes. If we go, yes. if we go eleven and five, if we go eleven and five, win the wild card, okay? Hell yeah, and we, I'm and all we in. Lose out in the first round of the playoffs. Are we any better than we were with Cam Newton and the regime we had? Finishing one round of the playoffs at 11 o'clock. I almost feel we, like it's not even a question that you can really answer. Like, all I'd say is this. Is I'd be happy as fuck that we are 11 and 5. I would be happy as a fuck that we lost in the wild card round. Because guess what we would say on this podcast the whole next season? They come in and draft this. We'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah. shit. Oh, shit. Right. We 16 and 0. So yeah, if they if you are over positive in the NFL, man, you got things to be looking forward to. Uh, so I, 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 I just I've just seen this team with Cam Newton go, uh, you know, twelve and four, eleven and five, all that kind of stuff, and we didn't win the Super Bowl. It happens. What happens? It happens to the Saints. It happens to all types of fucking teams. But I'd rather be a twelve and four. Than fucking the Bengals. I don't see how four years later going twelve and four and losing in the first round is any different than where you were already at. That's all I'm saying. I don't know, man. All I can yeah. say is this: is twelve and four sounds like a big giant of fucking right. awesomeness right, right. in comparison to losing. When was the when was the last time you felt like we won a game? <clears throat> Two years ago. That's what it feels like, right? It sure feels like it. Good lord! All right, uh, guys. 
Um, real quick on the back end of the draft, Cody, recap what happened after picks uh, after the first three rounds or so, the first two rounds, actually. Yeah, so tomorrow on Draft Tech, uh, you'll be able to read my uh, overall draft grades um, that they'll be posted on drafttech.com. So check that out. Uh, I'm reading a, a little bit of it now. I'll just read it off the list. Um, so after Jeremy Chen, we go Troy Pride Jr. <laughs> Uh, in the fourth round, uh, third or fourth, I don't have the rounds in front of me, so forgive me if I mess it up. Uh, he is a highly athletic corner um, who uh, has only given up five catches of 25 yards plus in his career at Notre Dame. And in that time, he was targeted 175 times. And there was only five plays that went for more than 25 yards. Is That's he big enough? That's the, my question is this, is that when I saw that pick and everybody's so excited, I'm cool. I'm going to trust you guys. But I think Dante Jackson on one side, this guy on the other, we look really tiny. Yeah, they're not big guys, but that's why I think that you're going to see. Um, and so, listen, forget about the, 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 the positions that they're listed at, because I think that if you also look at We'll go right next. Kenny Robinson, uh, who was a safety at uh, Virginia and then went to the XFL. Um, and then uh, uh, Bravey and Roy, a defensive tackle from Baylor. So there's your Matt Rule Baylor picks that we were sure to have. Um, then corner Stanley Thomas Oliver um, switched from wide receiver to corner. And, uh, in 2018 and was a second-team all-conference uh, USA in 2019. In so he's, a, per, he's right. a position versatile player. Uh, so in my mind, forget if it says they're a safety, if they're a corner. Matt Rule and our staff are going to try and put these players in matchup advantages. So, you know, if we're playing – um, you know, Dude, this shit as the and, writing on the wall to either be the biggest awesome thing or the biggest yeah, or terrible. shit. Yeah, yeah because I, like I, it I, sounds I, cool. It sounds cool. And then you're like, yeah. hey, welcome to the NFL, boy. And you're like, oh, God. Nope, this ain't Dude, cool. It's so horrible I will, I, to say that. But I, I agree. 100%, I will, man. Say, I will say this. Uh -huh. uh, Troy Pride is definitely favored to start over Corn Elder. Or any what, happened other, any, 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 what happened to Ross Cockrell? What happened to Ross Cockrell? Is his just deal done? Uh, we either have to resign him. Yeah, we might still. That so would be that actually would be a decent. We, we could use him on this roster. He was big enough. He was he was good enough to play number two. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, guys. A lot of questions there. I think we are optimistic about things, but man, when you say things like this, this positionless player, okay, you can convince me on Isaiah Simmons. It gets harder and harder when we yeah. get down into the fifth round and you're like, this guy is listed as a safety, but we're going to have him play corner and we're going to match. Oh my gosh. This has the well, makings of a fucking disaster too. Those top, those top four players. <laughs> are easily the ones that I have the most faith in, by far. Um, Derek Brown, Yatura Grossmatos, Jeremy Chen, Troy Pride Jr., whatever, man, whatever floats your boat. Um, yeah, those are players that I favor to be starters next year. And I think that 
Kenny Robinson and Stanley Thomas Oliver are also going to, um, you know, they're going to compete for a job and, and they might end up winning some of those jobs. Um, and, and I'm, I'm fine with that. We have to get faster in the backfield. There have been too many times over the years where teams have just thrown the ball all over us. Atlanta, New Orleans, um, you know, Pittsburgh did it. Just so many teams are able to just run rampant all over our secondary, and it can't happen anymore. So we drafted a bunch of sure tacklers and high-end athletic players. Now it goes back to what me and Greg argue about all the time. Coaches have to coach. They have to coach them up. They Mm -hmm. have to learn their due diligence. And, And that's where this process starts. So, Cody, let me ask you. If this year the players we draft to come in do not produce, even though they've produced through high school, through college, everything else, is it coaching or is it the players? Well, it's both. The it's, it's, it's coaches teaching rookies and rookies playing meaningful football in their you know their first year in the NFL. But my it is, is it is but you you want me to give you one answer and say oh it's definitely the coaches but no it's 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 legitimately right. going to be on on both of them and both of them we're going to have to give both of them leeway like that's yeah, yeah. why I, I'm not yeah. I'm not mad at, at Tony for saying eh, I want to I want to see it before I believe it and I understand that because we have a, a rookie coaching staff a ton of rookie players. And that there's going to be some some turnover period where everyone's getting the the, the gist of things. So it is a little well, bit of both. Well, my example is like look at look at uh, uh, Toast Mateos, whatever the guy is. Uh, I, I don't know his name. <laughs> Yoder, yeah. like the restaurant Yoder's near where I live at, which is an mm-hmm. Amish place or a whatever, okay. and you have to get up there and wait like two hours to get food there because it's so popular. Yoder, Yoder, Yoder's, Yoder, Gross Matos, size sixteen, size seventeen Crocs. Actually, that's when I started to be down on the prospect. Is when like I'm just not down on Crocs. But if I had a size seventeen foot, I guess I could understand why. Because you got to let half of it hang out the back. Right. Okay. Here's my question. Okay. This guy comes in. He is a four year senior, right? Uh, who, my, uh, Grossmados? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, his junior year. I think he's a four year senior, though, right? I, I'd have to. I mean, yeah, I can, okay. that would Either be way, way more it, normal it makes, than a two year senior. Difference. It makes one year difference. It's not a big deal. Okay. So the guy is either 23 or 24. Okay. He's been playing football since he was seven years old, maybe six. I promise you. Okay. Where are we going? So this, with this guy is a high-end talent that's been playing football for twenty probably years, maybe eighteen. Given that eighteen years, okay. If he comes in and he does not produce as far as tackles and uh, you know scheme and everything else goes, he's twenty-two. Is that the coach's fault? This guy's been coached for. He's really hung years, up on this, Cody. Years. Yeah, Greg um, is like, really just <laughs> flogging this horse with I just the coach. Not, but I can still. And this is an argument that's like seven months old. Where did this come from tonight? 
Greg, I can still do the rock, paper, scissors thing, man. Yeah, he's done all that. He's never done it in the NFL. Amen. Never done it in the NFL. With his top 3%, like you said. Yeah. By the way, I'm learning that uh, my man is a Pisces, just like me, born uh, February 26th, just a few days before me. I like him even more. But he's 22 years old. You tell my your 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 uh, draft guy. Yeah, Chris yeah, Mattos. Okay, Mattos, who is Mattos? I don't know this man. Whatever, dude. That sounds like toast, and I don't want to <laughs> say it that way, man. That's gotta I'm, be on the next shirt. Yeah, toast, toast. French toast. toast. And by the way, all right, something. let's get off of this topic. Come on, let's go. Let's get out of this. Um, yeah. I think the the other. <laughs> The last thing I guess to talk about is this is out. I mean, it should be an ice up pick. Is anybody icing up the homeboy that had the tattoo that was getting covered up? Did anybody? Did he get cut today or yeah, something? Like that? Uh, story, but not me. Yeah. I've heard. Uh, yeah, I, that's not my pick. So all right, I didn't know. It's not my ice up pick. I was hoping you guys could tell me about it a little bit, but I heard that some. I think it was like a punter selected by like the. Patriots, a long snapper or a yeah. punter, and he has like a white supremacist tattoo. And then he said he was going to get covered up. And then I heard, <laughs> and he didn't know. Yeah, he said he didn't know that it was a right wing white supremacist group. <laughs> yeah, and then I think he may have gotten cut. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he did or not. But interesting. All right, um, I got nothing else to talk about for tonight. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. We're going to do some review videos of the draft, some short things, some short cut-ups. Uh, the show will be back on Tuesday, 9 p.m. The number's 252-228-5098. Subscribe on YouTube. We're on Twitter, at cat underscore or, yeah, at cat underscore chronicles. Facebook, Carolina Cat Chronicles. Uh, be a part of the show, man. Subscribe. But there's still uh, 41. Look, we actually have more thumbs up than people watching, which is crazy. Good job, nice. guys. Way to nice. put those thumbs way up. Uh, we got one last segment to do, and that's the ice up picks. And I need somebody else to go first because I ain't got nothing really great at the moment. I'll go first. But I want to ask you, did you get that video I sent you earlier? Uh, not ready to play it, but maybe. Okay. Where'd you're, you send you're it? Good then. You're good then. I'll, I'll change my ice up pick because I have one that came very shortly after that in real life. Uh. I was at Walmart earlier. Hmm. Uh, well, can I go? Yeah. Ice up? Yeah, that's yeah, the right. place for ice ups to Walmart be born. Earlier, and me and the wife are buying some some uh, supplies for the house, you know. And I walk by an end cap. And it has these Boba Fett Black Series helmets, which are $130. Okay? That's where, what are you going to pay for them if you want to get one? $130. And they charge that at Walmart? No, well, wait, wait. For nine ninety seven, oh god, nine dollars ninety seven cents. Okay? Did you buy all of them? I wanted to buy all of them. I really did. But when I rang them up, they all rang up for one hundred and thirty dollars. Oh god! So, so to Walmart, I say ice up because you had. I don't care if it was somebody making a mistake. I don't care if it was whatever. I don't care. You said you roll back the prices, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I would have worn it all night tonight in the show, my Boba Fett mask. Ice up Walmart because you said they were nine ninety seven. I was gonna buy eleven of them, you know, and uh, I didn't. So one hundred thirty dollars. Ice up. There you go, Walmart. 
I suck. Roll back the prices, mug. Right. Does uh? I mean, I. CK, you want to go next? You want me? No, man. He's thinking hard. He's like me. We're over here trying to figure out what the ice up. CK, you got, you got, you got to step your game up. This is two weeks in a row, man. You got. I know. You're right. I came strong last two weeks. I've been so focused on that video editing stuff. I have not like even read the news. You know what's awesome? We should ice you up because guess how long that clip is in reality. 30 seconds. Yeah. And how many Wait. hours of your life is it take? <laughs> 30. Yeah. Man. Nope. I feel you, man. All right. Go ahead, uh, Cody. Uh, yeah. Mine is actually very relevant to uh, the Panthers and um, a bunch of idiots on, on online, man. So let's talk about Derek Brown. Uh, Derek Brown was was drafted, and this website, um, uh, BSO Black Sports Online. So you know it's from a, a, a black perspective, and it talks about oh, issues yeah. in that in that, in that community. Um, but he referred to uh, he put out a a story on Derek Brown, and uh, said how he and his baby mama. Love to be involved in their child's life and, and, and be active with her. And this pissed off Derek Brown. And Derek Brown uh, took to the man on Twitter. I'm hoping that this is it right here. Uh, uh, so Derek has since deleted the, the tweet. But pretty much it was like, hey, man. This is my girlfriend. Her, yeah, this is, I mean, this is, put some respect on her name. Yeah, I hear calling her baby mama trying to represent the black community and you're using these like these uh like stereotypical terms and, and like then uh the, and the dude's name is Robert Little who runs the website and he's a piece of shit. He he has misquoted players a ton of times. He said uh, uh he's had a bunch of players get pissed off at him before and and this is not the first time it's happened. He's always causing <laughs> trouble with the players that he claims to be representing and trying to uplift, like you're a hypocrite. And then he wants to go at Derek Brown. Like Derek Brown is the one who's sensitive. Dude, say that shit to 325 pound, six foot five Derek Little and see if he doesn't put you in a hole in the ground, dude. Mm -hmm. Like watch your mouth. These people, these players, you know, they're on Twitter as well. They see what you're saying. You know, uh, have some class. And so to Robert Little of Black Sports Online, ice up, son. Ice up. Ice up. My pick, my ice up pick is uh, probably going to be controversial in this fact is I'm icing up the social media stone throwers, the rabid um, lockdown the world people when it came to COVID. Is that, look, because I don't know what the right, you know, progression of events is. I'm not going to claim to think that I know what it is. But I'm icing up y'all people that now, just because you're becoming a little restless at home, because you are getting tired of quarantine life, that you're all, like, changing your tune to people who were just trying to be realistic about wash your hands, keep good social practices. We don't have to damn 
I'm like, hey, I went to fucking Italy, came back. Man, I wasn't like, somebody told me, you're lucky you made it out of there alive. No, I wasn't well, lucky I made it out of there alive. If I would have died, I would have been unlucky. Right? right? I mean, it's like, I, this I, is the. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm yeah. just not trying, but here, all of a sudden, I saw somebody who, these people who were all fucking going crazy over 19 year old kids on the beach and this shit. And he said, and they said today, they wrote, if I, I pardon me, if I got to stay locked up any longer. Like, I'm sorry now that you're being inconvenienced now, but you were stoning us and everybody else two weeks ago. So y'all bitches ice up. My my advice to you when it comes to your life and these types of things is to advocate, to promote in a positive way, but have some respect for other people. Because when you think you're always right, you're likely not. So here to you, I say ice up. I do have one. I do have one. Yes. Okay. It came in you, at the last you re- second. You reminded me. All right. So um, it, it kind of goes along the same lines, but... Uh, one of the things that I think we can all agree is that there is a such thing as quarantine fatigue, right? Certainly. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all kind of, I would imagine uh, maybe Greg's getting a little benefit of the doubt being able to get out and about and working and whatnot, but it's, you know, it's one of these things that I, I think we all can agree that sometimes our humor is the only thing that helps us entertainment, video games, all those things. Right. Um, you know, to kind of maybe just get our mind off of things, but, uh, so people are posting online like, oh, man, I wish a hairdresser was essential or this is essential or that is essential. And and all I hear on like what makes me so angry, and I know there are probably some people that are serious about it, but like when CNN comes out and basically their reporters who are supposed to be unbiased, by the way, um, come out and they say it's a disgrace. The people out there talking about how they wish they could have a haircut. There are people dying out here. And I'm like, can people not have a sense of humor? In today's society, or now? just personal I mean, desires, home. yeah, uh, right. people are stuck at home. I don't even care if it was. If it, 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 let's assume that they were joking, right? They know that obviously that's not an essential, you know, part of everyday life. I mean, it's not something that needs to be happening to keep the world spinning. Um, it's a convenience that we have as a, as a human race and whatnot. But uh, you know, when people say that, it yeah, it, it's an inconvenience. But I think we all can agree that it's not. It's not a reality. I mean, we want things to open up, but we're not in the in the mindset that if we're really concerned about COVID, that's not going to be a priority to open up. Right. Well, when you sit here and have a media making the people who are making these comments seem to be uh, like they're they're evil people. Like, I, I mean, just just destroying them without without allowing people to actually even come back and combat the opinion that this newscaster is making millions of people believe yeah that's what I, it just frustrates me beyond no end because they have this platform and they use it and they distort it and i'm not a trump fan but when you start seeing how they distort the lysol being injected never once did he say we're going to inject lysol into people's arms right? right that never happened i am not a trump fan by any stretch of the imagination but i am a realist and i'm you're actually I want pushing to people you, towards sir. him by well, being more yeah. ridiculous, and yeah, I would yeah, and I would say this is actually I'm not going to talk, talk talk about my feelings to Trump because they're actually getting less worse each day because of not because of him but because of the others. <laughs> but I do think that that you know there's a good point to that. CK is I want to say this is you know that's interesting, Mister CNN guy. I never said that person life didn't matter. I just said I want a fucking haircut. Yeah. 
You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, right. it's not either or. You know, it's not like yeah, I get a haircut or this person dies. No, well, it's, exactly. it's not yeah, the real. It's not like one affects the other. Exactly. I mean, they might yeah. be related in a larger scope on a giant scale, but you know, it's it's it is interesting because so many people demonize my family and myself, really personally, talk like because we went to you know all this stuff, and I'm like, guys, ain't sick. We wash our hands like. Have some sense, right. man. Yeah, Let's and, and if you want to say you're, and if you want to say you're being safe, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, but it's genuinely terrifying how much everyone is just willing to be sheep and just do whatever oh, no. they're told. Thank you. you do whatever yeah. they went. Hey, you're a, you're a governor or whatever says you better not leave the house for the next however long. And by the way, I'm not the Trump guy either. You, you know, but you know when you see this this happening where. The government has now said this, and you better not leave your house. But dude, what are we fucking China? Like at, oh. at, at, at a certain point in time, you have to weigh the the, the pluses and the minuses of, uh, okay, what are we doing? Too much long term damage by having our country completely shut down yes. for far yes. too long. Yes. Like maybe maybe it's it's inevitable that there's going to be collateral damage. But at a certain point in time, it's like. Are you being safe or are you just being forced inside because the boogeyman might grab you? And like, what if the governor comes it. out? What if the governor comes out and says it's safe today? Do we just like all of a sudden walk out blindlessly right. and fucking start right. picking our nose and licking doorknobs? No. Tony, so, do you have that video we'll I continue. sent you? Oh, uh, where'd you room? send it to? Send it uh, in the chat room in the YouTube uh, in the uh, uh, Twitter chat. The oh, dude, this, this, this video describes okay. exactly how I feel right now. No, exactly oh, how if you are at it's home right now and you're quarantined, this video describes you perfectly because we don't know what's going on, man. We really don't. And you know what? They don't either. When I say they, yeah. they I mean the government. They have no idea what's going on. Okay, so we can't hold them accountable for not knowing what's going on. We don't either. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. But but you have to have some kind of plan in place. Right. And, it go, and it goes back to Tony's point too. It's like you can't freak out on people. Right. Whose lives are yeah, the coronavirus is scary. Yeah, and, do we have to and, watch it or can we just play it, Greg? You can just play it. You know right, to watch let me it. See if you, you guys can can you guys hear Listen, this? You, a lot of you probably heard oh, that's the right. ads. Yeah, I really don't understand why everybody is. Oh, uh, my wife right maybe watched so this. Very clear. Yeah. So let's take a minute. And let's go over them again. First, you must not leave the house for any reason, unless of course you have a reason, and then you may leave the house. All stores are closed except those that are open, and all stores must close unless, of course, they need to stay open. This virus is deadly. But don't be afraid of it. It can only kill people <laughs> who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable. We should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people. And it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity. So it is very important that we get infected <laughs> and also do not get infected. You should not yeah. go to the doctor's office or the hospital unless you have to go there. Unless, of course, you are too sick to go there. This virus has no effect on children except for those children in which it affects. The virus remains active on different surfaces for two hours or four hours or six hours but in most cases it's days and not hours and it needs a damp environment or a cold environment that is warm <laughs> and dry in the air 
unless the air is plastic. Schools are closed, so you need to homeschool your children unless you can send them to school because you are not home. If you are at home, you can school your children using various portals and online classrooms unless you have poor internet, more than one child, only one computer, or you are working from home. Baking cakes can be considered math, science, or art. If you are home educating, you can include household chores. <laughs> All right, so anyway, it does. And look, is yeah, that, I'm not home trying home. to tell you guys uh, what the answer is. I'm just saying, let's yeah. have some sense about casting stones on people. That's really what right. mine was at. It's like, right. yeah. gosh, is they would demonize anybody. And now they're like, I can't wait to walk my fucking dog. Well, I just, I get so mad when people just would judge me for licking doorknobs. I mean, it was just I know. Yeah, unnecessary. That's so unreasonable. unreasonable. I was that's just building up my antibodies, yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, come on now. All I'm right. just trying to build right. up them good old white blood cells. All right. This is the. I mean, I get it. The one guy who had his <laughs> hand oh on the doorknob gosh, and I licked I it. That was so weird. Much. I get it. Did but... you guys hear about the guy though that went around it licking doorknobs to prove that, that it would happen? That's an old and then story, he got man. Cor- oh, old it's not. Story. It's not real. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. a sheep. No, it's real. It's definitely uh, real. The All right. did it. This is the yeah. C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we're here chopping it up for way more time than you are comfortable listening to, except for all of those people that actually watched the entire damn show tonight. You guys are effing awesome, love man. Mom, guys. Over th- two mom. hours and 52 minutes and still 40 people watching live. You can't beat that. I'm sorry. That's commitment. That's keep pounding. That's Panther Nation. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever. Wh- wherever the hell you listen to stuff, just Google the C3 Panthers Podcast. We're here. My name's Tony Dunn, at cat underscore chronicles. The Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy. I know you got some shows, lots of shows. Give us a plug. Oh man, uh, you know what? I am at the uh, at the Bad Daddy Fifty Two. You can find me on Twitter, and uh, I run one show, the Super Civil Service Podcast. Super Civil Service Podcast, excuse me. Which, by the way, CK or, is going to be on this week uh, covering yep. the two towers. But we have also have a big announcement that uh, in a few weeks we are joining a network, and we're going to have a lot of shows going on. So if you're a geek, check us out. CK, I can't wait to have you on. Two Towers, MCU News. Uh, man, it's going to be fun. Yeah, going to be having a yep. blast for sure. Yep. Go ahead, uh, Cody. I know you dropped an episode today on your gaming podcast. Yes, yeah, so I have a brand new podcast with my friend Jeffrey Redman called the Cripple Connection Podcast, where you can listen to two highly intelligent cripple mofos talk about everything <laughs> video games and video games related um, I, I mean, if if you're into video games, we're going to talk about everything. It's on my channel, but you can also search the Cripple Connection podcast. Um, I'm basically done with draft tech for the year. Um, there's going to be a few uh, a few monthly drafts that are kind of mulling over 2021. Uh, but for the most part, um, I'm done with that. But I have a, a draft review tomorrow that's going up live on drafttech.com. So be sure and check that out. And last but not least, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, and you can talk to me about whatever you want to, man. C- and uh, that's all for me. CK, when you're not looking doorknobs, where can they get after you at? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Codizzle Allen. Um, I've been uh, trying to get the, the streaming thing done on Twitch. So um, I actually might need some of your guys' help. I mean, if you're... 
um, you know, interested in trying to, you know, help me out here. Uh, there is a, a, a level that you can become, which is called an affiliate. Um, and what that requires is that I need 50 followers and I need to have an average of five viewers for every stream that I have. So if you guys want to, if you haven't downloaded Twitch and you like the idea of listening to this guy play video games um, in, in an entertaining manner, at least I'd like to think it'd be entertaining, then uh, go uh, download Twitch, create an account, give me a follow, and it's completely free. Um, you can subscribe to channels if you decide you you know feel like that's important, but um, it's not a requirement uh, when you talk about following somebody like myself and help me out and get to that affiliate mark. Make sure Guys. you send us the link, homie, when yeah. you go live uh, next time, no matter yeah. night or day, so we can get those. We'll get you those 50 quick, like, in a hurry as we continue to pound that out. Yeah. Fantastic show tonight, guys, man. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Until then, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Pounding. Holy cow. How does it out? go? It goes on and on and on forever. Good show. Um, Good show. Do you, did you get a chance to look at that video I sent you, Tony? Uh, 